Anybody get see? Did anybody see anybody with all the things and all the facts we have? And you'll be seeing them come out because we never forget. You know, history. You have to remember, history is a very important word. But they indicted me once, twice, three, four. I think they stopped. I heard they were going to do a couple of more, but they said, "Don't do any more because my poll numbers have shot up." Because people get it, right? People get it. I was raised to believe that to whom much is given, much will be required. With everything our country is facing, I just couldn't sit this one out. But the Bible tells us, "Hey, shut up!" There's a time for every purpose under heaven. Traveling across the country over the past six months, I came here to say it's become clear to me: this is not my time. Now, so after much prayer and deliberation. Yeah, that worked. I have decided to suspend my campaign for president. Israel is intensifying its offensive to destroy Hamas and remove it from power in Gaza. From just outside Gaza, the massive explosions from Israeli airstrikes. Israel says it's using weapons powerful enough to collapse Hamas tunnels. Israel is raising parts of Gaza to the ground. And more tanks and armored vehicles are moving in, along with armored bulldozers needed to clear paths in the destruction. Life inside Gaza City—it's becoming a wasteland. Israel says the operation is payback for Hamas's killing 1,400 Israelis and taking, by the latest count, 230 hostages. Hundreds of people stormed the main airport in the Dagestan region of Russia. In video circulating on social media, you can hear people yelling anti-Semitic hate speech. The mob was apparently fueled by rumors of Israeli refugees arriving at the airport from Tel Aviv. No reports of any injuries at the moment. The office of Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu sent a statement to urge Russia to protect Israeli citizens. Actor Matthew Perry has died. TMZ reports the actor was found dead today at a Los Angeles area home of an apparent drowning in a backyard jacuzzi. Authorities told the outlet that no drugs were found at the scene and no foul play is suspected. Perry is most known for his role as Chandler Bing on the 90s hit sitcom Friends. He also starred in films like Fools Rush In and Seventeen Again. He wrote a memoir released last year that detailed his struggles with addiction and serious health challenges. Perry was 54 years old. Lawrence is in the backfield. Wilson escapes. Throws on the run. He's got a man. First down. Ships have to hurry, though. Here we go. Zerline, 35-yard attempt to send the game to overtime. Kick on the way. Wilson taking a deep shot down the field, and it's incomplete. 
happened, all right? And I'm head over heels as we start this really miserable, rainy, raw Monday morning in New York City, winding down the month of October with tears for fears. Give me a little more, Louie. Come on. Get them going on a Monday morning. Head over heels. Tears for fears. Open on a Monday morning, everything from something as silly as a football game with two inept New York teams. I know the Jets have won three straight. They're four and three and feel pretty good about themselves. A half game behind the five and three Buffalo Bills and a game and a half behind the six and two Miami Dolphins. But the Jets are terrible. Let's be honest. Defense is great and the running back Hall is great and Garrett Wilson is great. But Zach is still terrible. They're terrible. And uh, the only good news for the Jets is that the Giants are worse. I mean, the Giants are they're inept. The worst team in football. They've got no quarterbacks. Daniel Jones now looking at a possible Week 10 return. And he was not very good either. His offensive line is brutal. Tyrod Taylor. Do you know that Tyrod Taylor last week when the Giants won that 14-7 to game against the Commanders became the very first ever black quarterback? in the history of the Giants to win a football game. Hard to believe, but true. But he's, you know, he's, he's washed up. He's just okay at best. And this poor kid, DeVito, who they must have grabbed straight from the funhouse in Bensonhurst. <laughs> I mean, my God, straight off 86th Street in Bensonhurst. They wouldn't let him throw a pass. <laughs> I know. They wouldn't I mean, let him throw one pass. Oh, my God. I mean, both teams are impossible to watch. How are you in the NFL and you can't throw a pass? The NFL is, is not easy to watch. Now, the good oh, news oh. is I didn't really watch it because I was at a pro-Israel rally. I'll get to all of that. But um, you know it's bad when the highlights are not highlights. You can't watch it. The biggest moment of the game, besides that Wilson to Brees Hall touchdown, was a defensive penalty on a Dory Jackson. And I came across some really stupid Giants fan site, like Big Blue United, something like that. I don't know. And they're talking about how the Giants need to trade a Dory Jackson. You got 230 hostages in in Gaza. (laughs) And there are people on Facebook this morning talking about how the Giants have to trade a Dory Jackson. And you got probably twice as many people listening right now to Boomer and Geo talk about the Jets and Giants than you do me. And I just don't get it how stupid people are. But listen, it is what it is. And um, the Jets did get the win. So again, they improved to four and three. Somebody in the post wrote, you're not going to believe this one. With this loss, the Giants season looks over. Oh, really? You mean the seven games before this, they look like a Super Bowl contender? I don't think the heavy stuff's coming down for a while yet. It's fine. I mean, come on. (laughs) I have two points and a question uh, about a Dory Jackson. How are the Giants going to survive with this guy? I'll let you respond. I'll hang up and I'll listen. That's what you're getting right now on WFAN, folks. So enjoy that. You know, I did see two uh, really great guys, one of them, one of my best friends, in my history at the fan, and still a very close friend to this day, Sean Argument. You remember Sean Argument, Louis? Oh, played ball with them. He's a great guy. Great guy. He's, um, I guess he's like the Glenn Tachinelli of FAN. And Raul Medina, the great Raul. You remember Raul, wow. too? <laughs> it's still there. Those two guys showed up 
at the O'Reilly Rosenberg New York State of Mind event on Friday. Sean lives right down the block, basically. And it was great seeing those guys. Both of them were great, are great guys. So talking about the fan, those guys did show up on Friday, as did John and Margo, which was incredibly sweet. So nice of John and Margo to come on Friday. And, you know, I shouted out a couple of people that were there. Curtis Sliwa, of course, got a huge, I mean, a huge ovation. Peter King with Rosemary and Melissa Zim, he got a big ovation. But they were nuts for uh, John and Margo, as did my beautiful wife, Danielle, and my son, Gabe, who were there. So thank you to uh, John and Margo for showing up. That was a great deal. But uh, those uh, two fan guys did show up. And, of course, the Giants are on the fan which at this point cannot be good programming. I'm sorry. So anyway, Giants uh, lose to the Jets 13-10. Jets improve to 4-3. and three. They're going nowhere. And uh, the Giants are 2-6, and six, and they're just god-awful. You also heard the story about Matthew Perry. We'll get to that later, too. I don't know how a guy that was doing so well all of a sudden drowns in a bathtub until you find out he probably had a heart attack. And that killed him. Because according to everybody in and around Chandler Bing, he was doing great, sober, and helping out other addicts. I mean, I did see him do an interview about seven months ago, and he looked awful. I mean, he looked awful. He's looked bad for 15 years. But um, according to most, he was doing much better. Either way, it's a tragic story. Cute guy, great actor, funny as hell, making a million dollars an episode on Friends. A million an episode. They started that. And then, of course, made a couple of cute movies, made that one movie I really liked with Selma Hayek. He had it all. And then it was just about 20 years of hell before he died this weekend at the age of 54. I was sad to see that. So Matthew Perry, uh, one of us, one of my brothers and sisters in recovery, an addict, we lose him on Saturday. It was just a uh, just a crazy weekend. There was just so much that happened between the big Bill O'Reilly event on Friday night and then the rally I went to yesterday, the pro-Israel rally, just so much going on. But talking about the pro-Israel rally, I saw something on Friday afternoon. I was actually getting my head shaved at the barber before the event on Friday night, and my Instagram was blowing up. You can follow me on Instagram, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney. I'm also on Facebook, Sid Rosenberg, and Twitter, at Sid Rosenberg. But most of the people who contact me get me on Instagram. So my Instagram DM direct message starts to blow up. And everybody almost at the same time is sending me the same video. So this weekend on Saturday, these pro-Palestinian animals who are not pro-Palestinian, they're pro-murder. Anybody who shows up at those rallies, they're not innocent people. They're not good people. They are pro-murder. They are pro-Hamas. I'm telling you, I don't want to hear about folks having the right to rally in New York, pro-Palestinian. They are pro-Hamas. They are pro-murder. They are not much better than the guys who actually pulled it off on October the 7th. A bunch of young kids in this city, too, going to NYU, Columbia, over 300 academic institutions across this country, the same low lives that showed up causing trouble at BLM rallies, anti-father, all the same. They're not good people. They're not caring people. They are troublemakers at the very best. At the best, they're troublemakers, if not, if not, folks out there saying it's okay to murder. So 
Saturday, the Brooklyn Bridge, the uh, pro-Palestinians walked across, and that should not be allowed. We'll talk to Curtis Lee coming up, but I understand allowing these people at some point to get together. You just can't stop them, whether it's pro-Palestinians, KKK, you just can't stop them. But there's got to be a way for Mayor Eric Adams and my friend uh, Caban, who came up big for me yesterday, there's got to be a way for these uh, people to stop these people from crossing over our bridges and shutting down bridges and tunnels and making life impossible for New Yorkers. There's got to be a way to shut that down. I mean, you know, isn't there, Norm? It's one thing to, to gather at some spot. Once you start to cause bridge closures, that can't be okay. Well, so the issue is, right, they had a permit for the protest itself, probably not for crossing the Brooklyn Bridge. Of course not. But then they have to make this calculation. The NYPD, if we try to stop them, does it become much more of an event as opposed to just watching them cross and follow them as they made it to Union Square? And they obviously decided to make the decision to let them cross the bridge and go to Union Square. And there was uh, no violence, right? Uh, I guess this one, unlike the Bay Ridge rally the week before. But I'm sick of seeing these people. I mean, how many stories did you also read this weekend? The Broadway producer, this pussy, Jason Simon. I want to punch him across the face. This guy was whipping down hostage signs. Did you see that, Noam? I did. He was not the only one. It seems to be a new thing these days. Oh, cowards here in New York. These They went around New York City and pulled down pictures of hostages. Well, one guy did it, but he had no idea there'd be a bunch of construction workers, not even Jewish, not even Jewish, but a bunch of construction workers who took major offense to this anti-Semite, this hateful bastard ripping down postages of 230 hostages. If you haven't seen this yet on Instagram or Twitter or heard the audio and you're pro-Israel like I am, you are missing out at some real heroic New Yorkers. I'm not sure what this guy's name is. Do we know at this point? Know what this guy's name is? We know his first name. You know, it's funny. Over the weekend, I was trying to track him down because I thought, this video is everywhere. But we could not. I, and I, I'm blanking on even his first name. Is it Doug? It might be Paul, Doug. Paul. I don't remember either. Yeah. Either way, here's the actual audio. Once again, a non-Jewish man confronting an anti-Semite removing posters of Israeli children kidnapped by Hamas. He asked that same thing. You have any proof? They asked the same thing, these low lives. This, Lewis, is cut number 12. I'm a veteran. I'm telling you. Right. Don't do it. He's not Jewish. He's not Jewish. I don't know if he is or not. It doesn't matter. This is the U.S. This is New York City. You don't have a right to touch that shit. This is a free country. You can wave your Palestine flag and say death to the Jews or America whenever you want. But we can put a Okay? Then don't rip that down. You are doing something. You're offending us. Yeah, you are. When you throw that on the floor, you're his name is Paulie. Yeah. Okay, there you go, Paulie. Well, uh, well, thank you for that, Paulie. I don't know if you know who I am, but I am certainly a very, very big fan of yours. So thank you very much for that. We also played uh, in the open, besides Israel now going in, no ceasefire. You ask for a ceasefire. As far as I'm concerned, you're the enemy. Bottom line, you don't get the chance 
to walk into our neighborhood on an early holiday Shabbat morning at 6 a.m., rape our daughters, kill our parents, and then, oh, stop the fighting. No, now you all die. That's it. I don't care if the number is 7,000, 15,000, 25,000. At the risk of sounding insensitive, now you all die. All of you. I don't care. If you ask for a ceasefire, you are the enemy. Do you understand that, Noam? I do. Okay, good. So what about this story about this? Uh, more of these pro-Palestinian animals, not just on our college campuses, not just walking around New York City, but on an airplane on the way to Russia. What was that all about? Yeah, so this is uh, Russia's Dagestan region, which is a Muslim region of Russia. This plane arrives from over the weekend from Tel Aviv. And all these protesters rush through the airport, surround this plane, start yelling all kinds of anti-Semitic slogans at the people on board. Police come in. There's a fight between cops and these demonstrators. About 60 people hauled away, 20 officers hurt. And uh, they were able to get everybody off the plane. But as some of these people are getting off the plane, some of these protesters were demanding to see their passports, probably looking for people who were Israeli. Uh, so far, we don't have any word that anybody was harassed more than that. But uh, in Russia today, they have come back strong. So here's the positive part of the story, as awful as that was. The Russian officials in this town, in this Dagestan region, say they will not stand for this. They're going to find the people in this video and they will arrest them. Good, good. Let's uh, let's arrest these people. Let's kill these people. Let's go. Let's go. You want to start with us? We're ready. I loved seeing all of the video of the tanks and the drones. I mean, Israel is coming in strong. They are blowing up these tunnels. They've got explosives that basically rip the earth from its from from right where it starts. I mean, they are taking stuff that is underground and putting it above ground. You're seeing it, Noam. You're seeing some really high-level explosives, and Israel has not come to play. They are out to destroy Hamas. They are out to kill, and these people deserve every bit of it, if not more. Yeah, and over the weekend, I mean, this is so intense, Sid, is that they say the Hamas headquarters is under the largest hospital in Gaza. This I is saw where that. People have come, to, of course, for shelter or for medical care. So how do you get to them? And they say that's one of the big problems they're having is another, more examples of Hamas using civilians as human shields to protect themselves. And the hostages, do we have any idea... Where, where they are at this point. I know it's early. They've only been really in for a couple of days. They went in a couple of days last week, but retreated very, very quickly, I guess. The real incursion started just before Shabbos. Do we have any real information on any of these now 230 hostages? We don't. Uh, the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu meeting with some of the hostage families. They actually have a union now of that represents all the families and telling them that part of this move to go into Gaza is to continue the search for their loved ones. All right, Noam, thank you very much. Of course, he is our Executive News Director, Noam Layton. He'll be back all morning long. We've got a great show planned for you today. Daniela May is running for City Council. Again, early Voting started Saturday, all leading up to next Tuesday, November the 7th. That's Election Day. So, Daniela May, I like her. She'll join us coming up at 645. Curtis Sliwa, very busy weekend. In fact, he found a way to join me at the pro-Israel rally at Cooper Union. He started off the speaking yesterday afternoon in the rain. He'll join me as he does every weekday coming up at 710. Rich Lowry, he'll be here at 740. 
We get Bill O'Reilly not once but twice this week, 8.40 Thursday and 8.40 this morning, recapping that amazing event at the Paramount Theater on Friday night. Nicole Maliotakis, she'll be here at 9.10. Lots to do, folks. The number is always 1-800-848-WABC. That's 1-800-848-9222. Monday morning with your favorite show in the country. We are sitting friends in the morning exclusively right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Friends in the morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Oh, um, that was my bathing suit from high school. I was a little bigger then. Oh, I thought that's what they used to cover Connecticut when it rained. <laughs> hey, anybody know a good tailor? You need some clothes altered? No, no, I'm just looking for a man to draw on me with chalk. Why don't you go see Frankie? My family's been going to him forever. He did my first suit when I was 15. No, wait. 16. No. Excuse me. 15. All right, when was 1990? Okay, you have to stop the Q-tip when there's resistance. Away on Saturday, Chandler Bing at the age of 54. Nicely done there, Lou Rapino. A couple of funny quips from the show. This, of course, the very recognizable theme song. You know, tomorrow's Halloween. And about three years ago, Danielle and I took a haunted tour. Oh, yeah. In lower Manhattan. And they took us by one restaurant. I think it's by land or by sea. And that place between uh, Hamilton and uh, Burr is... Haunted. They took us past a brownstone, 
somewhere in lower Manhattan where Samuel Clemens lived. Most of you are too stupid to realize that. That's actually Mark Twain. <laughs> but he lived there. And then in the same exact brownstone where Mark Twain lived, that was the same brownstone where Joel Steinberg killed his little daughter. Lisa had a Nussbaum, his wife. You remember that story. And the contention from the tour guide is when you walk past that brownstone on certain nights. Oh, here we go. You can see a candle in the window and a cute little blonde girl in a white nightgown screaming for help. <laughs> it's only not funny because she actually really did die, and she was a cute little kid, and Joel Steinberg's a piece of garbage. But well, that's part of the tour. But the very end of the tour, which again is in lower Manhattan, they show you this uh, big apartment building. And uh, that was the place where they shot Friends. That apartment is in that building. I don't know if it's on Waverly. It's somewhere downtown. And people were very excited about that. Wow. And what's funny is I didn't watch it much. I've watched more Friends over the last couple of years in syndication. I never, for example, I never stayed home on a Thursday night to watch Friends. In fact, Thursday night for me and Danielle when the show was red hot, that was our Captain Walters night. That was the night we went to Captain Walters on Evans Avenue and she said they and raised hell. Back then, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday were big party nights. So I never stayed home to watch Friends. But, of course, uh, again, over the years, now I've watched a lot of it. And it's cute, you know. I mean, I like I like all those. I don't much. I'm not sure if I like uh, what's it. I know he. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, David. No, oh, David. David um, Schwimmer. Schwimmer. Yeah, because I hear him real like he's a bit of a dickhead. Yeah. But um, yeah. you know the other kids are kind of cute, I guess. Uh, Matthew. Well, the other Matthew. Uh, he was on the show with Drayton Matthew on TV, and maybe he's not Matthew. I don't know. No, he's not Matthew. It's jo- J- Joey, the character. Yeah, Joey. Joey. Yeah. What is his name again? He's uh, fine. I don't know. And you know the girl, I mean, you got uh, Cox, who uh, Courtney Cox, who she can thank Bruce Springsteen for putting her in that video, Dancing in the Dark, for her great career. She's actually a pretty good actress. She's in a great, great horror show on, is it Netflix or Amazon or Hulu? I don't remember. Shining Vale. I like her. And, of course, I love Jennifer Aniston. And Lisa Kudrow is uh, kind of goofy and funny in the show. It was good in the beginning. Did I get everybody? Am I yeah, missing anybody? Yeah, that's There were six of them, right? Yeah. Forget, three guys and three girls. It was fine. Yeah. And there were a lot of guest stars, of course. A lot of guest stars, yeah. And that, it was big in the beginning. It was good. And then, of course, the premise, then it gets repeat, repetitive. And you know what's going to happen. Or there's, there's, you know, out of the six of them, one's going to hook up. Who's going to hook up with this? Right. The other one's going to hook well, up. Well, in real life, didn't Schwimmer bang Addison in real life? Uh, yeah. Before, I'm pretty sure, right? Before your guy from the Counting Crows got to all Well, Adam Duritz banged them all. Yeah. Adam Duritz did anal with Courtney Cox. <laughs> no, you can put that in the news if you'd like. Yeah. I will. I right think. after the Israeli invasion of Hamas. <laughs> I think Springsteen was going to write about that on the yeah, album. Something he should have. Like, well, she came down. <laughs> so my friend Bobby Hartman checks in. Bobby runs Mainstream House. You guys may remember over the summer, it went all the way out to Riverhead, Long Island. What a schlep. But it was uh, it was all worth it. Bobby's a great guy, and he runs his sober house. And I met a whole bunch of wonderful brothers and sisters in recovery. It was one of my favorite nights of the summer. I mean that. I wasn't even feeling well back then. I felt awful. 
that I had no voice that night, but I really loved it. And uh, he works with folks every day like Matthew Perry. So for people like Sid Rosenberg and Bobby Hartman, losing Matthew is losing a brother in recovery. And again, from all accounts, he was doing very, very well over the last year. 12-stepping quite a bit, helping out other addicts. But I guess he had a heart attack in the jacuzzi and he drowned. I don't know the specifics, but he gone. And it's kind of sad. So. Did you watch that show religiously on Thursday nights, Noam? I did not. Yeah. Did you watch Seinfeld? Yeah. You that did. I watch religiously. Yeah. You did. That mm-hmm. one you did. Okay. Did you want to watch Seinfeld religiously? I watched it, the, both of them in the beginning. Because that was the same night, right? Thursday right, they night. Were, they were back to back. Seinfeld and uh, Friends. Yeah. That and big Thursday that night. Big NBC night. Yes. Yeah. I was like three Jägermeister shots in by the time Seinfeld. <laughs> I couldn't care less. I swear. And again, much like Friends, I've watched a ton of Seinfeld in syndication since I've gotten older and stopped going to bars. And it's cute. You know, it's funny. I like it. I, like, so, I mean, I like Jerry Seinfeld. Well, he cleaned up on the syndication deal. Oh, he made big money. That was beef, more than he made making the show, I think. Well, they all make a, a ton of money. I mean, Friends, that was the first cast to basically hold the producers and directors and uh, station hostage. They, they got a million apiece yeah, every well, episode. They got together and did yeah. that. That was smart of them. I think the Sopranos did something like that. Some of the major stars. But they got a million apiece, these kids. But, yeah, Seinfeld did great. The first guy to really clean up, I think, in syndication was Cosby. I believe Bill Cosby did very well. And he was able to buy more uh, pills so he could knock out his victims. I mean, what a scumbag. You know, Danielle had the Cosby show on about two weeks ago. We were getting ready to go out one night. And there was a scene where Bill Cosby was talking to, like, two little babies. It was actually a very, very cute scene. And then when you think about who he really is, it is so grotesque who he really is. Because in the scene, he's cute. He's got the sweater on. You know, he was always dressed so nicely, Dr. Huxtable. And, you know, what he basically did, Bill Cosby, was do the best he can to be white. That was it. That was the show. He appealed to the white audience. That's it. Right. And then it turns out he's just the lowest form of life, the dregs of humanity you can ever meet. Well, you never can watch those shows again the same. And no, not, not even knowing that. Oh, everybody now he, knows. he's a phony. Felicia Rashad and that whole crew and his psycho daughter, Lisa Bonet. <laughs> she was married to... Um, Lenny Kravitz. Lenny Kravitz, right. very good, yes, very good. So um, did anybody speak on Perry's death, any of the other five kids? Kids. Uh, Lisa Kudrow <laughs> made some statement, I think, on, on Twitter. Do you have that? I could find it. Okay. We don't have the audio just yet. I don't you know? think there is audio. I think it was just a statement. Oh, just on Twitter. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Justin Alec is saying the same thing. So we're all set to see him go. Matthew Perry gone at the age of 54. Way too young, folks. Way too young. All right. Lots of good guests stopping by today. Once again, Daniela May, Curtis Sliwa, Rich Lowry, Bill O'Reilly, Nicole Maliotakis all stopping by. we got traffic with Joe Nolan coming up next, too. But right now, it's time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. And Sundays, John Katzmatidis does that amazing show. It's called the Cats Round Table. That's where common sense prevails. Always telling both sides of the story. It's every Sunday morning starting at 8. Or listen anytime on the 77 WABC app. Tomorrow at 1 p.m., Governor Andrew Cuomo squares off against Anthony Scaramucci. I'm just going to read this. No editorials. 
I'm just going to read it. Wow, you have grown. You've really progressed as a human. That's good. I'm, ha- I'm proud. Here. It's not going to last. Here, John talks with Governor Andrew Cuomo about Tuesday's big debate. Uh, Governor Cuomo, tell us, tell us about that two-hour special with Anthony Scaramucci. I'm excited about it, and uh, I think it's a positive. We spend too much time uh, talking to each other. We just talk to people who agree with us, right? Watch conservative TV, listen to conservative radio. Uh, those on the left do the same. And then it's just it reinforces what you already think. Uh, and we're getting further and further divided. This is Sid on Sports. Oh Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best built of boilers on the gridiron. The Jets and Giants met yesterday at MetLife where both teams, they looked miserable on offense for basically the uh, entire duration of the game. And then out of nowhere came Zach Wilson and the Jets driving down the field to set up a game-tying field goal to send things in to overtime. And they weren't done yet there either as kicker Greg Zerline had more than enough left in the tank to drill a 33-yarder with 6.09 left in overtime to lift game green to the victory. The Jets now move above 500 at 4 three overall while the Giants fall to a lowly two and six on the year week eight wraps up tonight in Detroit with the Lions welcoming in the Las Vegas Raiders for Monday Night Football action kickoff is set for 8 15 p.m. and the Lions hit in at seven and a half point favorites just the Devils in action yesterday on the ice in Jersey pulling out the four to three win over the Minnesota Wild Brad scored twice along with goals from Halla and Toffoli all of which went nicely with Banachek's 31 saves and are out to the home victory for New Jersey the Islanders and Rangers are both back in action tonight for the Isles they're at home to welcome in the Detroit Red Wings uh, for a 7.30 p.m. puck drop. Meanwhile, in Winnipeg, it'll be the Rangers facing off with the Jets. Also at 7.30 on the hardwood. No local action yesterday, but the still winless Nets will be in action tonight in Charlotte against Horn- Hornets, I should say. Tip off there. Scheduled for 7 p.m. And finally in the MLB, after an off day yesterday, the World Series picks back up tonight in uh, with Game 3 in Arizona. First pitch there set for 8.03 p.m. with the series currently knotted at one game apiece. Sports sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best-built boilers. And I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GobbleLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident. Oi! This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC.
yesterday in the rain. Danielle and I made our way to New York City. Football Sunday, mind you, Jets and Giants. And again, they're both terrible teams. I know the Jets are four and three. They're not a terrible team. I shouldn't say that. They're actually a pretty good football team. The quarterback is just not good enough to win. He's just not. But they're four and three to their credit. Half game behind Buffalo and a game and a half behind Miami. But the Giants are so bad. I mean, so bad. You can't watch them. doesn't matter if it's Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor, or Tommy DeVito. They're awful. It reminds me of the days right before they drafted Phil Simms out of Moorhead State back in 1979 when guys like Jerry Dean, excuse me, Jerry Dean, Randy Dean, Jerry Goldstein, and Joe Pasarczyk were playing quarterback. It was so bad, 77, 78. And that's where the Giants are right about now. You can't watch them. So we decided to go to the city instead, Danielle and I, and took part in this uh, great pro-Israel rally. Curtis Sliwa was there, too. It was not a huge crowd. Couldn't contend with what the pro-Palestinians did on the Brooklyn Bridge on Saturday or the week before in Bay Ridge. But for the folks that did show up, the uh, Never Again Is Now group, I'm very proud of all of them, and I thank you very much. So a couple of months ago, over the summer, my friends Joe and Mary Harkins in my neighborhood in Rockaway Beach held this uh, good, uh, nice little Republican Party fundraiser. In my neighborhood, the Republican Party is led by a lady named Mary Glenn, good woman. And it was out by the pool. And they had a bunch of people speak that night, my dear friend Tom Sullivan. I don't believe Tom is running in 2023 after getting job by Stacey Amato, but I do think he's running in 2024. Thomas was there that night. My next guest, Daniela May, she spoke that night. She's running for city council. I felt badly uh, a guy, he's Indian. He's running against Adrian Adams, and he spoke very, very well, but I, I don't know his name. I forgot his name. In fact, that night I forgot his name, but he's great. The guy's great. He spoke that night, and I spoke. I think Paul King also spoke that night. So I met Daniela May that night, and she showed up now at one of our rallies with me and Curtis in Brooklyn. She was at the town hall meeting last Tuesday at the Knights of Columbus in Rockaway Beach. She's running for city council. Early voting started Saturday. Of course, November 7th is election day next Tuesday. And if you really care about this city, if you really care about this city, you will vote out all the Democrats. Get rid of them. There's another story every day about this scumbag Justin Brannon. I mean, what a piece of shizzle. A real scumbag. Get rid of folks like him. And vote in folks like my next guest, Daniela May. Daniela, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Sid. How are you? Good. It's nice uh, to speak to you. Why don't you let the folks know exactly what district you're running in and what uh, what towns are in that district and uh, why you felt compelled to run for council coming up next week. Hi. Yes, thank you. So I'm running for city council in District 31. So that encompasses JFK Airport, Arvern, Brookville, Edgemere, Laurelton, Springfield Gardens, Rosedale, and Far Rockaway. So it's a big district. Um, what compelled me to run during the pandemic, being a nurse, working outside in one of the worst times our city have see- has seen, and seeing that the city is getting worse and nothing has changed, and seeing the powers that have been in my area with the Democratic Party, to seeing the hold that they've had and how they have done nothing. So I said, I have to do something. Who is the uh, city council person in that area right now? 
Selvina Brooks Powers. Regina Brooks Powers, is that what you said? That's her name? No, Selvina. Oh, Selvina, okay. All right, so give me, um, in your Monarch Note version, Daniela, give me your Monarch Note version of the philosophical differences, what you stand for, and, of course, I imagine what you stand for, she doesn't, and clearly what you stand for is what I stand for. That's why you're on the show this morning. Give the folks a little taste of what Daniela May stands for in her quest for city council. So I'm really big on education and giving that choice back to those parents to decide where they would like their kids to go, what education they would like to give them, because the kids are the future, and we are going to make up what's next. So if we're not educated properly now, then the future is going to be left in the hands of those who don't know what's going on. So education is big. The infrastructure is huge in my district because all the flooding, it, we flood all the time. We're flooding now because of all the rain. The blocks are flooded. The, everything is flooded right now. It's a huge problem. And also, um, crime in my area is the, the petty crime. I should say, because I'm going to all these meetings and they're all saying that crime is down, crime is down. But then when I look at everyone in the audience, all the neighbors look at each other in confusion because they're trying to figure out where these people live to say that crime is down. So that's something that I want to definitely speak on, especially for in my community, because we see the crime and we want it to be addressed. But if you're telling everyone that there isn't, how are you going to address something when you're telling them there's nothing going on? No question. Education, infrastructure, crime, all very, very important. So the uh, early voting uh, started Saturday. And for what it's worth, you know, they've got uh, voting at my gym. Uh, I know you're in Auburn. That's one of the uh, the uh, towns that encompasses a district you're running in. And I work out there every day at the YMCA in Auburn. And they've got uh, they've got a voting center right downstairs where the stairs ought to go up to the gym where I work out. And I never see people there. You know, the last election, they were there for nine days, nine days. And I could count on two hands the amount of people that showed up. And that's not a good thing, you know, for all New Yorkers that bitch and complain about this city. And they're right about all the problems. How do they expect to fix it if they don't vote? I just don't get it. What are you seeing so far early on in this early voting? Um, I am seeing that some of the poll sites are pretty, um, they're pretty empty. Um, But it's just I've been knocking on doors and just telling people, letting them know, listen, get outside, come and vote. I send emails every couple of days. Just come outside, come and vote. I go to those areas where people have voted. We just have to get the vote out in this low voter turnout election this year because it's important. Very important, especially with the ballot proposals on the back of the ballot this year. Make sure everyone flips those ballots over and answer those questions on the ballot proposals. We have to vote. Well, give me a couple of examples of some of those ballot proposals. I'm not uh, fully aware of all those. Yeah, so on the back of the ballot, there are two ballot proposals this year, um, and they have to do with state constitutional changes. So one of them in particular has to do with the budget in small cities for the education and um, not not, um, having to make a – like they don't have a budget. There's something with the budget and the debt limit going on with the state constitution for the children. And in regards to the sewage treatment, they want to, because that's not included in our debt, but if we don't vote on it, it will for the next 10 years. 
All right, that needs to be taken care of. So once again, Daniela, on the way out, uh, let folks know again what district you're running in. And uh, folks, get out there. Early voting is now. You can vote today. You can do it today. But, of course, next Tuesday is the big day, Election Day. Daniela May, on the way out, one more time, your district and why folks should vote for you. District 31 in Far Rockaway and Rosedale, you should vote for me because we need Republicans in those seats. We need to break up the hold that the Democratic Party has had on our part of Queens, which is beautiful. So we need to vote different, vote Republican and get me in that office so that I can make the change that we really want to see in our area. Daniela May, thank you so much. I wish you the best of luck. We'll talk again uh, next week on Election Day. That sound good? Yes, thanks, sir. All right, that's uh, Daniela May once again running in District 31. Rockaway, go vote for her today. Go vote. Bastards, get out there and vote. Stop complaining and not doing anything about it like Lewis does. You never vote, do you? Are you I, even allowed to vote? No, not allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> the judge is not listening. <laughs> Will you vote for these council races? Honestly, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not judging you. I don't. No, I would vote, sure, of course. But you're not going to make it? I mean, you you realize the YMCA is like two blocks from your house, Um, and you can vote right there. I've measured it. It's about five blocks. (laughs) (laughs) I was close. (laughs) All right, that wraps up hour number one. Thank you to Daniela May. we got a great hour number two, as we do every Monday morning on Sitting Friends in the Morning, with two legends, Curtis Sliwa and Rich Lowry. About to come your way, all leading up to the big one. Yes, he'll make two visits this week. The great Bill O'Reilly coming up at 840. We'll recap that tremendous night Friday night at the Paramount Theater. The Doyle brothers did a great job out in Huntington, Long Island. Our number two, the Monday edition, sitting friends in the morning. About to come your way. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Yeah, take a picture. Yeah, I'm a proud Jewish, proud Israeli. And all these supporters, whatever they did in Israel, this is more worse than the Holocaust. And they will do it here as they, if they can. And they did it on September 11th. Don't forget that. They will do it all over the world. They did it in England. They do it in France. Every last terror attack is by Muslims. Every terrorist attack is by Muslims. Yes, I am. Yes, yes, I'm Zionist, and I'm going to sign you in that. Oh, yeah. God help you, piece of garbage. Come down. I hear that chant. I just want to. I want to kill somebody. What do I do? What am I going to say? Well, I do you?
from the river to the sea, blow me. That's mine. You like that, pro-Palestinian folks? From the river to the sea, blow me. That's what you got out of this show. But it's nice to see some New Yorkers are uh, fighting back from Paulie the Contractor, who we played earlier attacking uh, that guy, deservedly so, for ripping down pictures of hostages, to that audio which Curtis Lewa picked up this weekend, an old man on the Brooklyn Bridge fighting off thousands of these animals, thousands of them who are free to cause havoc, wreak havoc in this city. They walk around, they amass in big numbers, they walk on the bridge, they stop traffic. They have really become a very, very big issue besides the fact that they're morally corrupt and bankrupt out there promoting and encouraging and endorsing murder. That's all they're doing, endorsing murder. They get to just uh, stop our city, stop it on a Saturday, which makes no sense. That does bring me to the aforementioned Curtis. Gets big ratings noon to one every weekday afternoon. Does a great job weekend overnights as well, but arguably does his best work alongside me at this time each and every weekday morning. He actually did show up on Friday night at the big Bill O'Reilly, Sid Rosenberg, New York State of Mind. Got a huge, huge uh, round of applause when I said at one point on stage with Bill during the show, Say what you want about Curtis, but he's going to be the next mayor here in New York City. And the crowd went nuts. They really did. And whether it's a town hall meeting in Queens, a rally on Staten Island, or like yesterday afternoon on a rainy Sunday at 3 o'clock, standing next to me at Cooper Union Square by NYU, there for the Israelis, there is nobody better in New York for our people than my man, the icon, the legend, Mr. Guardian Angel. Curtis Sliwa, good morning, Curtis. Well, it was great to spend my weekend. That's the wrong mic, I think, again. We gotta, we gotta set this up correct. Justin Ellick is too busy <laughs> eating breakfast. Breakfast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, good. Oh my God! You know, for some morning shows, that's the biggest thing on the item. What am I gonna eat for breakfast? <laughs> breakfast. Yeah. Well, maybe you can worry about that in jail. Gee, what are they gonna have in commissary this week? But anyway, I spent my whole weekend with Sid Rosenberg. First off, Huntington. The theater there, you two guys exceeded expectations, Bill O'Reilly and Sid Rosenberg. I came, schlepped there on the Long Island Railroad, assuming you guys at some point would again start talking politics. I didn't want to hear that. You know, we hear that all week long on WABC. I really didn't hear that. You guys gave the whole audience a mood elevator. You talked about your own lives from the time you were little whippersnappers to your struggles professionally, your families, everything. You laid it all out there. The people couldn't get enough. I had to leave at some point in order to be here for the program 12 midnight to 6 in the morning that I host on the weekends. And that's what I did for the first hour. People were calling up. It was like a tsunami of calls. When are they going to do it again? I can't wait. And I actually were getting people from Pennsylvania, Connecticut, Westchester, Mid-Hudson Valley say, bring it here. Put the show on the road. Yeah, I got a bunch of messages. Uh, People want us to do it at the Count Basie Theater in New Jersey. My dear friend Vinny Viola, Mr. Virtue here in New York, he owns the Florida Panthers, owned the horse that was the Kentucky Derby favorite this year. He's got a a theater in Phoenix. He wants me and Bill to go. He's got a small theater in Fort Lauderdale. He wants me and Bill to go. So we'll talk to O'Reilly coming at 840. I will say one thing. That was the closest Friday night I've ever felt, Curtis, to being a real rock star. Because when it ended, I walked downstairs to try to find my wife, Danielle, and my son, Gabriel, who you sat and ate with that night. Yes, yes. 
and I didn't see them, but the crowd jumped on me in two seconds, and Mike and Tom Sullivan could attest to this. took me an hour to get out. They were grabbing me, pulling me, taking pictures, kissing me. Thank God Danielle actually handled it well, but that was a wild scene some as of, I tried well, to leave well, on Friday night. I saw some of the videos. Some of the women were trying to kidnap you, <laughs> grab you out into the car, and take you to parts unknown, and pleasurize you like you've never been pleasurized before and during. Entire life. Oh my God. I thought it was Van Halen on the road. That was fun. That was a Friday night. And then, like you said, the whole weekend we spent together because rainy Sunday, three o'clock, Cooper Union. And uh, you got there later. First, a whole bunch of your guys showed up. One guy, Sal, who looks uh, like the twin brother of David Copperfield and Andrew Cuomo, if they had a baby. That guy's great. And he protected me because at one point, some Palestinian supporter pulled up with his kid in a white car, and the cops warned me before. They said, Sid, do not do anything. I didn't listen. I ran right to the car. I start pointing at the guy, cursing at the guy, and eventually the cops and Sal pulled me away. But your guys, before you even showed up, the Guardian Angels, and when you left, they were great to me. Thank you. In the pouring rain, and I want to thank everybody who came out. It was the only support the Israel rally that they let this Gentile speak in. No other rallies That's they right. let them speak in. One earlier in the day, Ocean Parkway, between Avenues O and P. Place was packed. People were screaming, Curtis, Curtis, let Curtis speak. No, the big markers, the rabbis. Oh, no, no, no. Well, who were they? Call these people out. That's not right. You're more pro-Jewish than half these rabbis. They're like every synagogue that was in South uh, Brooklyn. They All the rabbis had to speak. One rabbi said, oh... Hashem stopped the rain because of us. And I looked at the guy like, really? It was pouring. What is he talking about? For all of five seconds, it stopped (laughs) raining. But we let you speak, and I do have to thank the NYPD commissioner. I have to, because I got a call from the guy that um, actually put that whole event together in Cooper Union, and they were putting out the sound system. And the 9th Precinct, the cop from the 9th Precinct came and told them, no, you can't do it. Excuse me, Sid. Do you think they go up to the Hamas uh, lovers, Jews for Hamas, uh, and uh, Israel in our lifetime demonstrators? You think they tell them, oh, where's your permit? Oh, you don't have a sound Thank permit. you. Thank you. That's, I, I could not agree with you more. Of course they didn't. They allow these animals to, to take over our city every day. So I called Kaban on a Sunday. He picked up after one ring, one ring, and I said, Eddie. You are not allowed to let these Palestinians take over Bay Ridge, take over the Brooklyn Bridge, and then my people want to have a small rally outside NYU. No sound. He said, Sid, 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 whatever you need, I'm calling the precinct now. I got you. Five minutes later, we had our sound system back. So thank you to NYPD Commissioner Eddie Caban for, A, picking up the phone on a Sunday, and, B, taking well, care of us. I remember, I had to make up for the disastrous Saturday. One Saturday before The NYPD, remember I gave them an A on their report card because the anti-Jewish, we love Palestine forever, where the hell is that on the map, started to decide that we're going to rumble over to 3rd Avenue with every Irish gin mill open on a Saturday night with the Irish guys and gals out in the street. And the cops made a wise decision. No, horseshoe them in here. Don't let them go to 3rd Avenue. They'll be the riot of all times, and we'll have it be picking up these Palestinian supporters out of the street. The Irish will turn them into speed bumps. So they got into a confrontation to stop them. They did the right thing. Halfway through the week, the New York Civil Liberties Union said, oh, you were too physical, you violated their rights, we're going to go to court. 
So this week, here you have this mob coming up Flatbush Avenue in the direction of Barclays Center. If I were the mayor, I would have said, that's where you stop. That's your Maginot line. Put the barriers up there. You ain't going over the bridge. You're not stopping the bridge. And you're not going to go rampaging through lower Manhattan. And you would know this better than me. Uh, they would be able to do that legally, right? Like, you can stay Absolutely. here, but you can't go over the bridge. You can't exactly. do it. Exactly. Rudy would never let him go over the bridge. He would say, over my dead body, go ahead, make my day. But no, we had to let them go over the Brooklyn Bridge. They not only took it over and stopped traffic, they rampaged through lower Manhattan. And when they got to Union Square, this entire cabal, many of them not even uh, from the Middle East or the Persian Gulf, White kids from Antifa. You recognize these kids from the summer of 2020, didn't you? That's right. They broke my jaw. You think I'm ever going <laughs> to forget that? And they're there with their schmatters on their head and the kafirs. Oh, they're so cool on college campuses, right? And this is what they were screaming. Alu Akbar, long live Hamas. They didn't say that. They yes, screamed, Allah they, Akbar, long live Hamas? And over no. and over. No, they didn't. Alu Akbar. Long live Hamas. And there were very few Arabic sort of looking or speaking people in that crowd. It was basically take Black Lives Matter and Antifa from the summer of 2020, put them in the schmatters and the kafirs, and that was them. That's what I said about the original Times Square rally weeks ago. I said, these are not Palestinians. These are not Middle East people. These are fat. White, spoiled, New York jerk-off kids whose parents would all be put in prison, who see a cause, whether it's Antifa, Black Lives Matter, any one of these low-life causes, and they jump in. For some reason, my buddy Joe DiGiacomo texts me, please don't forget to mention Fashion Institute of Technology. Was there an issue there? Oh, yeah, of course. They make the schmatas. They make the coffees. Oh, they make them. Oh, they want, oh, you want to be a fashionista? We can make and style and profile a coffee for you. Oh, of course. Okay. Okay, good. So anybody listening, all you donors, uh, not all of you, but whoever did it, thank God for you. The one billionaire took his money out of Harvard. Another very wealthy man took his money out of Columbia. If you're listening right now and you give money to FIT, take it back. Take it back. How are you going to hurt these bastards? They're not going to expel the kids. They should. They're not going to expel the kids. You hurt them through your wallet. So once again, all these schools, over 300 in total now, take your money back. Sid, again, if I were mayor, I would impose a Hamas tax on Colombia, which is sitting on an endowment of $10 billion, NYU $4 billion. They go through Morningside Heights in Greenwich Village. They buy up all the private property, which takes it off the tax rolls. I would say, oh, you want to coddle Hamas lovers? You love to kiss Hamas tukas who sings your students from the river to the sea, which would drive all Jews into the Mediterranean, or they'd be forced to catch the last flight to Boca Raton. Well, I'll tell you what, as mayor of the city, I'm imposing a Hamas tax. We're going to take some of your buildings from your freaking endowment, and we're going to hire NYPD cops that we desperately need. And if you don't like it, Columbia, get the hell out of here. You don't like it, NYU, get the hell out of here. Where are you going to go? 
Where are you going to go? Remember the Knicks tried that. Yeah, like, they did. Yeah, we'll leave. Yeah. What are you going to do? Follow the Knicks <laughs> out there <laughs> to the yeah. Meadowlands? How did that work it out? It didn't work out well. It's pointed out to me, too, that not only does the FIT make the schmatters, but this happens to be walkout week for Palestine the whole week, right through Friday, November the 3rd at FIT. Of course, you're so they're going to walk show. out of class. They're going to have a runway show featuring Jews, uh, Jews for Hamas as they're up on the runway with their kafiyas. Oh, wear your prayer shorts. Put your yarmulkes on. We want to show the world that Jews really support Hamas, too. What a disgrace here. What a shanda. All agreed. And while you were out there again all weekend long for my people, and uh, well, I'm glad you spoke uh, yesterday at our rally because you were terrific. You're About the best. time. You're About the, time. Yeah, you're the best public speaker in New York today. There's no question about it. Curtis Lewa is the best speaker, public speaker in New York today. But i got to move to this story. This was in the New York Post yesterday, and it reads like this. New York City opening encampment for 2,000 migrants at Floyd Bennett Field despite fire safety concerns. So we had the town hall on Thursday in Queens. You had a town hall in Brooklyn. Excuse me, Tuesday was the Queens. Thursday was Brooklyn. Joanne Ariola called me, texted me last week. She feels real good about things. And it looks like despite everybody's efforts, 2,000 illegals are on their way to Floyd Bennett Field. Well, hold up a second, Sid. Uh, you missed the um, Thursday meeting in Brooklyn, not far from where you grew up. You were very busy, and we understood uh, but I laid out the plan of dealing with the fire wardens and the fire marshals and what we would do uh, to all of the plans of Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, mayor of the illegal aliens, Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb. Oh, we want the illegal aliens. And, of course, the missing in action, Joe Biden, who just keeps letting them in across the border. Remember, amongst these groups now are terrorists. If you were a terrorist, Ahmed, in some hovel, in some cave in Yemen or Afghanistan. And you're watching on CNN, right? The network of the terrorists and MSNBC. If you're seeing them pour across the border, you're telling everybody, hey, get ready to go to Mexico City, blend in. You know, have some cerveza there. Show that you can assimilate into Western culture. Get into New York City. They'll put you up in a hotel. They'll give you three squares. And then we're going to train you how to do bomba, 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 bomba. <laughs> we'll have a conga line of bomb makers. And this time, the third time will be the charm. Nobody's watching our back, Sid. The mayor has said, open borders, open borders. Come on, one. Come on, or we'll take care of you from the cradle to the grave and for the rest of us what do we get Sid we get Ugats we get Bupkis and we get the bill 12 billion dollars we got to pay for illegal aliens and what about all the first generation immigrants who were with me in Midland Beach because that's where I went after I finished with you for never again is now great organization let's give them a great round of applause for putting up thousands of flyers of the Israeli hostages for those that were ripped down and in Midland Beach with the rebels and with Andrew Lanza the state senator we looked up at Eric Adams drones and we gave them the finger and said, use them on the terrorists, use them on the Hamas supporters, use them on those people who want to do harm to us, not on the rebels who love the police, love America, and will battle to the day we die to stop this takeover of America. I'm Run Run DMC, they who cooling the gang. Road to the rock, rock to the road, DMC's the fatality in my country.
Friends in the morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Imus's first dance. <laughs> They're not the only ones, of course. Rock the Cradle of Love, Billy Idol, on your rainy, kind of a nasty Monday morning back to work week, Halloween. Coming up tomorrow, we wrap up October. Man, it's nasty outside. It is not nice. No. <laughs> you know, I did uh, mean to say this earlier. I've got two guys who take me back and forth from work, and they're both great guys, Levi and Gene. Uh, Gene, of course, has been with me for many, many years, dating back to my days living on the Upper West Side when he picked me up in the snow one day. Gene showed up this morning all dressed up, and I was like, hey, buddy, you look great. What's going on? And I had forgotten he told me last week that his brother was very, very ill, and his brother died. So the funeral, I think, is uh, in a couple of days, but he's picking up his sister in Manhattan today to go back to his brother's house in Queens and mourn his brother's death. He's a sweet man, just a terrific guy, great family guy, and he's been so good to me and my family. So I do want to send our deepest condolences to Gene on losing his brother. Uh, by his accounts, his brother was a terrific guy, so we're very sorry about that. But the weekend was uh, was nuts. Again, Friday night, the big event with Bill O'Reilly. I think I uh, need to shout out some folks. I shouted out. John and Margot Katsimatidis earlier, and they were great and got a huge, as they deserve, round of applause. And Danielle and Gabe were happy to see them, too. So thank you to uh, John and Margot Katsimatidis for showing up. Nicole and Makeda, who've been with Bill O'Reilly for many, many years. John Liebner and uh, Robin as well. And a great crowd. Peter King showed up. They go nuts for the King man. Peter King, his wife, Rosemary, and, of course, Melissa Zim. Thank you to uh, all three of them. You had uh, Mike and Tom Sullivan with their buddy Pete, Curtis Sliwa, I mentioned earlier, Sean Augerman and Raul Medina. You had Nelson DeMille and the star for so many years of All My Children, and she looks amazing. She doesn't look good. She looks great. Actress Susan Lucci. So if I forgot somebody, I apologize, but that was pretty much the Friday night crowd. Saturday was uh, kind of a quiet day because Friday was so intense. Did some shopping and 
hung out with Gabe and Danielle, eventually had dinner with Gabe at La Sorrentina on Saturday night, and saw my friends uh, John Mazzola, his son Joe, both terrific guys, and everybody's asking about Joe Esposito. Ironically, Joe Esposito texted me this morning, and uh, it turns out we were talking about the Brooklyn Bridge deal with Curtis Sliwa, and uh, Joe Esposito said, by the way, Sid, when I was chief of police, I made over 700 arrests on the Brooklyn Bridge at one time, Occupy Wall Street. So clearly the city has the right to do that type of stuff. They elected not to do it on Saturday, but uh, our love goes to Joe Esposito. Hopefully he's feeling well. And then, uh, of course, yesterday the pro-Israel rally Never again is now. They did a terrific job. Cooper Union, my wife Danielle, did go. Lots of our listeners were there, folks, who listen to us uh, every morning. Curtis spoke there. He was terrific. And then I wrapped it all up with a nice little dinner. My buddy Sean's place. Your, uh, one of your favorite places, Lewis Harbor Lights. Damn right. Got to watch the uh, the second half of the 49ers and the Bengals and the Chiefs and the Broncos and all those meaningless football games. So well, thank you, uh, Sean, for that. But it's a big week because, again, tomorrow is Halloween. We wrap up November, and then Sunday is a huge day in the Rosenberg household. Huge day because it is, in my opinion, maybe the greatest event of the year in New York, and that is Marathon Sunday. And my gorgeous wife, Danielle, will be running the New York City Marathon for the sixth time, number six for Danielle, and a big number, number 40 overall. Six New Yorks, 40 marathons overall, and one of the very, very few percentage-wise marathon runners in the world today that has the Abbott Award, the Abbott Trophy, which are the six majors, which include three marathons in the United States. They're New York, Boston, and Chicago, and three marathons outside the country, which London... Germany, and Tokyo, and Danielle has done all of them, as well as Paris and Big Sur, and the list goes on and on. But Sunday's a big day. I know my buddy Steve Sharippa, his wife runs a marathon every year. Uh, Anthony Rizzo of the New York Yankees, his wife will be running. Tiki Barber, WFAN personality, former Giant great, he runs it every year, makes a big deal. Lamani Toomer, lots of uh, big-time New Yorkers will be out there on Sunday. Danielle this year is actually running the race with the New York Police Department Marathon Group, led by uh, Tom Biggers. Tom Biggers, great New York cop. They've got their own marathon group. So Danielle, talking about backing the blue, which we did here last week, Danielle is backing the blue, actually running with the NYPD running group at this year's marathon coming up on Sunday. So big, big stuff going on, folks. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. From my friends. 77 WABC. Woke up on Saturday morning. And my right eye was, like, basically closed and really red and bloodshot. And it hurt. It looked terrible. I looked great Friday night. I mean, I looked great. 
black suit, black button-down shirt, black socks, black shoes. Sleek, I must tell you, sleek. Tan was working. But I think, uh, you know, I put a little makeup on on Friday night because I knew there'd be a spotlight and a big uh, shine on my head. And I think I got some of the makeup in my eye. And I've done that before. And once I was on uh, Fox News, and the girl went a little crazy with the makeup, and my eye had the same type of reaction. So Saturday morning, it was really bad. And then Sunday morning, it was worse. And I had that rally to go to. So Danielle and I went to, you know the city MD there, Lewis, on 116? Yep, gone there. And uh, the doctor there, whatever she is, uh, she's not really a doctor, I guess. She's a provider. <laughs> I know. That she, that she's probably a doctor. I don't know, bro. No. Either way, she was very nice and very good. She stuck a whole bunch of stuff in my eye. I mean, I don't know, all kinds of liquids and fluids. and But I'm supposed to get this um, this steroidal eye drop to make it completely go away. Of course you did. <laughs> and the stupid bastards at the uh, city MD, because I went to the rally, and I figured I'd get it on the way back. They never called it in. Oh, that's... Yeah. They never called it in. So Oops. now this is day three of dealing with this. It's It's a lot better today than yesterday, but... Noticeable, right, Lou? Yeah, uh, yes, I could tell. You're oh, no, either, don't say that. You're either flirting with everybody or I don't no. know what it is. But <laughs> it looks bad. It's the perils of being a superstar. It is. it is. You're right. Makeup in your eye. I should have just said that one of these uh, wild ladies who would who just wouldn't take no to take a picture on Friday night uh, poked me in the eye. That sounds that's a better story, I think, no? no? Don't worry. By tomorrow, that'll be the story. <laughs> Every Monday morning, he's the editor of the National Review, Politico, NBC, does it all. He's a great Monday morning guest, one of my good buddies, which Lowry. Which good Monday morning, how are you? Good, Sid. Steroidal eye drops are actually amazing. And my my uh, couple of years ago, my son just poked me, like, directly in the eye. I couldn't open my eye without feeling like I was getting stabbed. <laughs> And I went to the eye doctor, and they gave me those drops, and just, like, immediately went away. Right away, right? Yeah, I got to get those today for sure. Well, thank you for telling me that. <laughs> so yesterday morning, even with a uh, messed up eye, I was able to watch my friend Maria Bartiromo. I like her show on Sunday mornings, the five, the Business Futures, or whatever it's called. I don't know. And she had a couple of really good guests on, including Jared Kushner. I'll get to him later. But she started with Mike Johnson, and I think it was the first television interview for the brand-new Speaker of the House, that finally got done after 20-plus days, and I like him. I know the left hates his guts. He's way too conservative and another election denier, all that nonsense. But he does seem to be the type of guy that can unite this Republican Party. He said all the right things with Maria on television yesterday. What are your thoughts on the new speaker, Mike Johnson? Yeah, so far everything he said has been great. I mean, he's, uh, his his speech on the floor after he won the gavel was pitch perfect. He's smart. He's likable, you know, non-threatening. And Democrats kind of think, oh, we're going to run, uh, run, run against this guy in races around the country. It's never going to happen. I mean, they're going to have to say, hey, there's this to voters. There's this new speaker of the House you need to be really frightened of. And they're going to say, oh, 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 really? Uh, who is he? Mike Johnson. And then voters <laughs> are going to say, Mike Jackson? And they're going to say, no, 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 Mike Johnson. And they're gonna, voters are going to say, oh, yeah, I went to school with that guy. You know, it's just, it takes a lot of effort to make a speaker radioactive. And this guy, between the way his affect and his name, it's going to be real hard to do it against him. All right. Well, two guys finally dropped out last week. I know Nikki Haley keeps talking, and again she took a shot at President Trump yesterday for, you know, he was criticizing Bibi Netanyahu. Hey, Nikki, baby, he's right. There's nobody more pro-Israel than me. I'm in the rain at a rally on Sunday where you're drinking tea in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. He's right. 
Bibi got he got destroyed in this. Hamas outsmarted Bibi. All Donald Trump did was tell the truth, Nikki, stop it. Mm-hmm. And so it's about time you join Mike Pence, Larry Elder, and everybody else and get out of this. Talking about, <laughs> no, I'm serious, talking about Mike Johnson reuniting the Republican Party, it is time for Republicans to unite around Donald Trump. No one's coming close. No one is coming close. And as we approach November now, we got to stop with Iowa's a year away. It's not. Well, yeah, DeSantis is still yeah, getting killed. Way. Haley is still getting killed. It is time they do what Pence and Elder is. Drop out and reunite and support Donald Trump. Well, Nikki, Nikki's not going to drop out. She thinks she's having a surge. And, and sort of within the limited uh, metrics of the, the also-ran candidates, she has had a surge. You know, yeah, she's had a surge. She's now tied. She's now tied. Ron, yeah, she tied Ron DeSantis in Iowa. Yeah. She's going to get her ass kicked in the primary. It's ridiculous. Yeah, so we'll we'll see. I mean, DeSantis and Haley aren't going to drop out, but everyone else seems as though it's completely hopeless, and there's not a lot of hope for DeSantis and Haley. But you know, we'll see. Sometimes there's a late late surge, but you would need two things to happen. You need like 15 to 20 percent of Trump's support to be fake, um, which is which is not necessarily likely, and then you need one of these these uh, DeSantis or Haley to surge and consolidate, and that doesn't necessarily seem likely either. Well, Donald Trump, uh, last I looked this morning, has now limpened his lead over both the Republican candidates, and now he's leading in a lot of the polls over Joe Biden. I mean, it just seems like as the days go on, whatever Biden's yeah. doing with Israel and, and the war and Mike Johnson, as the days go on, it looks like Donald Trump is getting more and more support, and maybe some of that rich are independents. Yeah, maybe. You know, there was a, a poll. I was looking at this last night. I think it's the latest USA Today Suffolk poll. Trump leads Biden on who can best handle the economy, foreign affairs, and immigration, likely to be the three biggest issues in, in the election. So, um, you know, he'll have to uh, overcome his, his personal unpopularity. His, his favorable ratings are terrible. But what he just he'll need voters just to conclude, oh, we don't like you. You know, we don't like stuff you say. Um, and we're not going to change our minds about that. But things are better when you were president. That's a plausible case. All right. So Israel now going in hard as of this weekend. They're blowing out these tunnels. They're, whatever explosives they're using, the uh, ground is now becoming the top in Gaza. It seems pretty incredible, and there's a lot of force here, and they're not going to stop. They can ask for all the ceasefires they want, the squad, all these animals protesting all over the city and in college campuses all across the country, but it does not look like Israel cares. I'm happy about that. They are going to do what they need to do and what they should do. You agree with that, yes? Yes, I do. It's amazing, though. We've talked about this since the attack. Just the the discourse is totally flipped. It is all about Israel needs to show restraint. White House briefing last week. There's one day I was watching, I don't know, Wednesday or Thursday. All the questions were about whether Israel is abiding by the laws of war. Sunday shows that they're talking about that, you know, and the, the administration is talking about that. But they're they're dead set on going in. I mean, this is an attack that that really um, cut at the very purpose of Israel. You know, it was founded for a safe space for Jews where they wouldn't suffer pogroms anymore. And there's this massive pogrom on Israeli soil. So Israeli society is just not going to tolerate it. And um, they're going to go in and wipe out Hamas. Uh, They should. It's going to be a a tough, hard fight. There's a big question mark what comes afterwards because no one wants to govern Gaza. But I agree with you. They're not going to stop and they shouldn't. I was um, almost taken aback, although I wholeheartedly agree 
with a comment that Jared Kushner, Donald Trump's son-in-law, made with Maria Bartiromo on Fox News, talking about how Israel should not push back and how you just talked about how Israel became the bad guy very, very, very quickly. We knew it was going to happen. We knew it. But it happened even quicker than we thought. And once again, these Palestinian rallies in New York, they get upwards of three to 5,000 people. I go to pro-Israeli rallies. They're lucky to get 100. It's just unbelievable the amount of support these animals are getting all over the world. And the college campus has become really pathetic here in the United States. Listen to what Jared Kushner said with Maria Bartiromo yesterday, which Lowry... And remark after that. Jared Kushner-Lewis, cut number 16. It was a very interesting time to be over there, and I've been there many times before. Uh, one of the ironies is that uh, as an American Jew, you're safer in Saudi Arabia right now than you are on a college campus like Columbia University. How about that, Jared Kushner? Mm-hmm. You're, as a Jew, you're safer in Saudi Arabia than New York City, Columbia University. And he's right, and that's sad. That's a, that's a stunning and really powerful way to put it, I, I have um, Jewish colleagues who say, you know, they, they now kind of wonder, should I be an openly practicing Jew in the United States of America? Is it too safe, uh, too unsafe? I have a, a friend went down to Florida two years ago. I was chatting with him, and he said, I, I got a gun, and I, I take it to synagogue. And I was like, what? Why? And he's like, the rabbi asked me to. You know, and that's before this uh, uh, this frothing anti-Israel sentiment came to the, the surface the last couple of weeks. So. That's uh yeah that's 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 a really powerful way to put it. You know, you talk about taking a gun to uh, shul, and guns again became the topic of discussion last week because, unfortunately, innocent people ended up dead at the hands of a crazy man. Now we had a gun, we know that, but he was a crazy man, and he was going to kill people no matter what, whether he got a gun legally, illegally, it did matter. And we do the same thing, not we, but yeah. they. They do the same thing every time. You have innocent victims. Rigor mortis hasn't even set in yet. They're still laying on the floor, some of these people, especially the dead kids in Texas last year, but the latest shooting in Maine, and they're yelling and screaming on Joe and Mika about gun control. And it's just sickening. A crazy guy went out and killed people. That's the answer right there. Yeah, so a whole bunch of these cases, they are mentally disturbed, uh, mentally ill people who aren't, aren't on their meds, and this guy was involuntarily confined, so we still need to learn more. How was he able to get a gun? I mean, he shouldn't be able to get a gun in that circumstance. But this is a nexus. Not, by the way, not, 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 not just get a gun. He was a firearms trainer, yeah. and according yeah. to most, second in his class, he was great. Yeah, it's, um, th- this is a nexus we need to worry about. It's just how, how do we stop these kind of people from, from getting guns? But, you know, I don't know, there are 300 million guns in America. You can ban them tomorrow, and the Still, people still have access to guns. Of course. So the gun control is a complete, complete dead end. Complete nonsense. So on the way out, last thing, Biden, how do you think he's doing so far? You know, he, um, he made that speech to the nation a couple of weeks ago, and I was furious because of two things. He talked again about a two-state solution. Is it not obvious at this point that can't happen? I know there are, there are a couple of nice Palestinian people. I'm going to sound like Trump now. But, um, you know, these kids are being taught in the second grade to hate and kill Jews. And when they were bringing back the hostages through Gaza, there were civilians in the streets handing out candy and dancing and punching some of the Jewish people on motorbikes. So don't give me the innocent Palestinian stuff. I don't want to hear it. And then he talked about, well, it does look like Iran was involved. So let me ask you, if Iran was involved, 
and you're the one who loosened the sanctions. You're the one who never added one more restriction. You're the one that's allowed them to go from poor to rich. You're the one that gave them $6 billion a couple of weeks ago. If you admit they're involved, are you not somewhat complicit? Yeah, no, that's a great that's a great question. And this is the, the biggest failure of their policy. You know, they're sliding back into the conventional Israel's got to show restraint thing, which you kind of expected. But the biggest failure is Iran. You know, they they are the ultimate puppet master here. They're the ultimate source of it. They're attacking America. They attacked Americans on October 7th because they supported this uh, horrific attack. But then they've been rocketing our bases. And, you know, we do this little pinprick in response. You need to reestablish deterrent authority over Iran by sinking their navy, by taking out a bunch of oil refineries, taking out a nuclear facility, something that sends a big Message, you know, Trump did that with what was was a pinprick attack, taking out Soleimani. But that that was like so personal and so harsh and, and just so shocking. That was enough to send a message and establish deterrence. But we no longer have it. Yeah, you're right. We no longer have it. As always, Rich Lowry, an amazing Monday performance. I love you, pal. Have yourself a great week. Right. Be safe. You too. Good luck with your eye. <laughs> Thank you, Rich Lowry, the editor of the National Review, and that wraps up. Two great hours this morning. Daniela May running in District 31. City Council, she on our team. Curtis Sliwa, always amazing every weekday morning. And Rich Lowry, big 8 o'clock hour about to come your way, which includes the man. What an honor I had. Got to share the stage with the great Bill O'Reilly on Long Island on Friday night. Rosenberg and O'Reilly get the biggest ratings of any segment all week long, 8.40 every Thursday. We're going to do it this morning. 8.40 this morning, Bill O'Reilly stopping by, folks. Keep it right here. Hour number three of your favorite talk show in New York City and the self-proclaimed best talk show anywhere in America. Sitting friends in the morning. Rolls out on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Friends in the morning. 77 WABC. They did something to me that's never been done before. They indicted me because I protested a crooked election. They indicted me. They go after people for years. Do you notice they never go after people that rigged the election? They go after people that are complaining about the rigging. Anybody get seen? Did anybody see anybody with all the things and all the facts we have? And you'll be seeing them come out because we never forget, you know, history. You have to remember history is a very important word. But they indicted me once, twice, three, four. I think they stopped. I heard they were going to do a couple of more. But they said, don't do any more because my poll numbers have shot up. Because people get it, right? People get it. I was raised to believe that to whom much is given, much will be required. And with everything our country is facing, I just couldn't sit this one out. But the Bible tells us that there's a time for every purpose under heaven. Traveling across the country over the past six months, I came here to say it's become clear to me, this is not my time. 
So after much prayer and deliberation, I have decided to suspend my campaign for president effective today. Israel is intensifying its offensive to destroy Hamas and remove it from power in Gaza. From just outside Gaza, the massive explosions from Israeli airstrikes. Israel says it's using weapons powerful enough to collapse Hamas tunnels. Israel is raising parts of Gaza to the ground, and more tanks and armored vehicles are moving in, along with armored bulldozers needed to clear paths in the destruction. Life inside Gaza City, it's becoming a wasteland. Israel says the operation is payback for Hamas is killing 1,400 Israelis and taking, by the latest count, 230 hostages. Hundreds of people stormed the main airport in the Dagestan region of Russia. In video circulating on social media, you can hear people yelling anti-Semitic hate speech. The mob was apparently fueled by rumors of Israeli refugees arriving at the airport from Tel Aviv. No reports of any injuries at the moment. The office of Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu sent a statement to urge Russia to protect Israeli citizens. Actor Matthew Perry has died. TMZ reports the actor was found dead today at a Los Angeles area home of an apparent drowning in a backyard jacuzzi. Authorities told the outlet that no drugs were found at the scene and no foul play is suspected. Perry is most known for his role as Chandler Bing on the 90s hit sitcom Friends. He also starred in films like Fools Rush In and Seventeen Again. He wrote a memoir released last year that detailed his struggles with addiction and serious health challenges. Perry was 54 years old. Lawrence is in the backfield. Wilson escapes, throws on the run. He's got a man. First down. Jets have to hurry, though. Here we go. Zerline, 35-yard attempt to send the game to overtime. Kick on the way. Talking to myself and feeling old Sometimes I'd like to quit Nothing ever seems to fit Hanging around Nothing to do but frown Rainy days and Mondays always get me drowned What I all the blues Nothing is really wrong Feeling like I don't belong Walking around Some kind of lonely cloud Rainy days and Mondays Always get me down Funny but it seems I always Wind up here with you 
nice to know somebody loves me. Funny, but it seems that it's the only thing to do. Run and find the one who loves me. What I feel is come and gone before. No need to talk it out. We know what it's all about. Rainy days and Mondays always. You got a boat today, folks. You got a rainy day and a Monday. Here's some more Karen Carpenter. Funny, but it seems that it's the only thing to do. Run and find the one who loves me. 820 on your rainy Monday morning here in New York City. And you heard all the big news right there in the open put together by Justin Ellick. He does a great job with that. Donald Trump in Sioux City. A great speech. Great speech uh, this weekend. And in that one particular cut, you heard Donald talking about, um, well, the rigged election and how they're indicting him. And it's it's actually working in his favor. He's doing great. Play one more of these while we're at it. Play a number two because, of course, this Israel war rages on and Israel now is kicking ass. And I love it. Man, I love it. The more pictures they show me of a blown-out Gaza, the more aroused I get. Swear to God. Here's Donald Trump in Iowa saying if he was president, never would have happened. Cut number two. Under Crooked Joe, our borders have been demolished. Drugs and criminals are pouring in. Our economy is a mess. Our schools are in shambles. Our justice system is corrupt. We have a corrupt justice system. Who would have believed? Our Constitution. He said, I would. <laughs> Did they give you a hard time, too? Did they give you a hard Our Constitution is being ripped to shreds. Israel is under attack. And now we have terrorist sympathizers chanting their jihad slogans on our streets, all over our streets. With your vote, we will defend our country, we will defend our Judeo-Christian values, and we will defend Western civilization. And that's what we've got to do. Right? That's what we've got to do. If I were president, the attack on Israel would have never happened. Wouldn't have happened. You know, we had Iran in a very good place. They were broke. <laughs> that's a good place. Now they're rich. Ukraine would never have happened. It would have never, ever happened. Putin would never have done it. He's right about all that. He talked about the sympathizers on the streets. And again, a week after 5,000 amassed in Bay Ridge, and they're all animals. They're all animals. They're there to support Hamas and murder. Pro-Palestinian, my ass. And there's no such place as Palestine, you morons. It doesn't exist. It's a strip of land in Gaza that the Israelis were kind enough to give you and treat you humanely, unlike what you did to us. Now you're all going to die, and I don't care. I don't care. No ceasefire. F you, Joe and Mika. F you, all these Joe Biden. F Joe Biden. Now he's calling for more humanitarian aid. He's worried about Netanyahu killing civilians. Oh, you're worried about that, are you, baby, baby Joe? What did they do to us on October the 7th? Dick face. 
We're better than that. I'm not better than that. I'm not. You rape my daughter? You kill my parent? I want the same to happen to you. The same. And don't tell me Hamas. Well, they're crazies. They're radicals. Sure they are. Sure they are. So it's time to get your ass kicked. We gave you enough time to get out. We warned you. Evacuate, evacuate, evacuate. Of course, the excuse is, well, they won't let us leave. Okay, fine. But now you're going to die. Oh, well. So that was uh, that was Trump talking about how now on the streets of New York, you got the Bay Ridge thing last week. You had the Brooklyn Bridge fiasco on Saturday night. We held the rally yesterday. We didn't hold it. We were actually guest speakers, me and Curtis. Just so you know, Sid Rosenberg and Curtis Sliwa, whether it's the illegals or the Jews, we're out there, man. Curtis more than me. Curtis deserves a ton of credit, a ton. But I'm out there, too, and I was out there yesterday for Never Again is Now, a terrific group in Cooper Union. But my favorite audio of the whole week comes from a contractor, not even Jewish. He saw some low-life anti-Semite ripping posters down of Israeli children now being held hostage by Hamas. And this non-Jew construction worker took it very personal. It was perfect. Lewis, this is Big Pauly, cut number 12. I'm a veteran. I'm telling you. Don't do it. I'm not Jewish. He's not Jewish. I don't know if he is or not. It doesn't matter. This is the U.S. This is New York City. You don't have a right to touch that it's a free country. You can wave your Palestine flag and say death to the Jews or America whenever you want. But we can put a sign. Okay? We, then don't rip that down. You are doing something. You're offending us. Yeah, you are. When you throw that on the floor, you're littering the city. In a minute, I'm going to litter the floor with you. You have the proof? So move the on. Do you have proof they're not kidnapped? No. So shut the up. Don't touch me. I know that's what you want. I'm dying of Big Paulie, that is a great American right there. Not even Jewish. I wish a lot of my brethren were that angry. But uh, thank you, Mr. Paulie. Uh, Mike Pence has decided to call the quits. They all should. Every one of them. Even Nikki Haley, who continues to take shots at President Trump. How that's going to help her, I don't know. I guess uh, Trump should be worried. She's now tied Ron DeSantis for second in Iowa. Stop. Can we stop? Iowa's not a year away. There's not a lot of time. Trump again lengthened his lead this week. DeSantis has no chance. Nikki Haley has no chance. The only smart ones so far are Mike Pence and Larry Elder. They have now stopped themselves from embarrassing themselves even more. The rest should stop. Just get out. Everybody should unite around Donald Trump, unite around Mike Johnson, who finally is the new speaker. Republicans need to unite around guys like that, guys who win and have a chance to win. That's my opinion. And the uh, sad part in that news, of course, Matthew Perry, in recovery like me, one of my brothers and sisters, and by all accounts was doing very, very well over the last year, specifically a lot of 12-stepping, helping out other addicts. And Matt, of course, who became famous for playing Chandler Bing on the show Friends, he made some movies, too. One I really liked with Selma Hayek. But, of course, the Chandler Bing role on Friends made this guy not just a millionaire, but beloved in millions of homes across America. And, unfortunately, Matthew Perry passed away Saturday. He died at the age of 54. That makes me sad. 
All right, before we talk to uh, Ricky Gold and Bill O'Reilly, let's get a quick, uh, we'll take a break, actually. We'll take a break. We'll come back. A lot more to do. Again, we get Bill O'Reilly twice this week after the amazing Friday night performance in Huntington, Long Island. My man Bill O'Reilly stopping by today as well. So lots more to do Monday morning with Sid. Sit in friends in the morning. Seventy-seven WABC. Shut up! The camera adds ten pounds. Uh, so how many cameras are actually on you? <laughs> Matthew Perry, this is, of course, a theme from Friends. We played this earlier today. Matt Perry died Saturday. He was 54 years old. And it's sad. I liked him. I thought he was funny. In the last 20 years of his life were awful. Awful. And he finally seemed to be getting out of it. He had a pretty good year, by all accounts. Sober and 12-stepping. But we lost him on Saturday. Chandler Bing. Matthew Perry. Rest in peace, pal. What One of these six friends stars. What was he? What was he doing? Though? What was the drugs he was heavy? Oh, well, pills, yeah, pills. Yeah. That's what I thought it was. Pills. He actually, uh, I saw an interview where he pointed himself out on TV. He said, "You see this scene here where I'm heavy? That's where I'm drinking." That's had. To and be. he said, "You see this scene here where I'm skinny? Because he used to fluctuate his weight. It was nuts." Yeah. He goes, "That's when I'm on pills." Yeah. So he pointed out Why? during the wow. seasons how he would actually be struggling with drugs and alcohol. It was just, it was terrible, man. That's so sad. My friend Susan um, Brown Otto up in Bethel just said um, they're going to come for you. You got to be careful because you seem to um, you're the most unafraid. She loves it, loves it. You're the most unafraid Jew I've ever heard on radio. Just unafraid person for that matter. And uh, you got sort of the same message from a very big time journalist last week, didn't you, Noam? I did, but you know, I kind of hate that you say this out loud because I feel like it. You just encourage somebody, yeah. you know. Yeah. I don't. I don't want that to happen. But yeah, Alex uh, Trayman, who's been done an unbelievable job covering the war from Israel. You know, he's a journalist, but he also lives there. And uh, he he called me on Friday, and uh, he just said, "Sid's doing an unbelievable job of standing up for Israel," and he's not seen that no matter where you know everywhere he goes, he appears you know other places around the country. 
And, uh, he was, you know, kind of emotional about it when he was talking wow. about it. And you can imagine how hard it is to cover something as a journalist when you're living amid all of it. Yeah. But, uh, he was yeah. very thankful for you. Well, you, well, you too. And you yeah. did great interviews with Alex those couple of weeks. You introduced me to Alex. So I have to thank you for all of that. Sure. And your reporting is great too. You're also very pro Israel. Obviously, your dad lives there. But yeah, I'm noticing that a lot of the media sugarcoats it. No worried about the innocent Palestinians and all that crap. God. Before I get to uh, Bill O'Reilly, Ricky Gold, Juice Reel, he's uh, here on a Monday crazy day in the NFL yesterday. Just nuts. I mean, Kansas City gets uh, blown out outright in Denver by the Broncos. The Carolina Panthers get their first win of the year. That Jet Giant game ends up a push. But what a roller coaster that game was. And one of the worst football games you'll ever see. And with all that said, Ricky Gold uh, from Juice Reel is here. Ricky, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Sid. It's a pleasure to be back on with you. Nice to have you. I appreciated your Instagram um, message last week. You did say the show's the best. I saw that. Thank you very much for that. Thank you. Gladly. And, you know, just before we get into it, Sid, I know uh, on a Sunday that you would like to be on your couch watching that Jet Giant game. But thank you, I'm sure, on behalf of the community for, for what you do. Uh, because uh, you're doing bigger and better things than, than football. No, I appreciate that. We were out in the rain, me, Danielle, and Curtis Sliwa with the um, Never Again Is Now group, Cooper Union, out there for the Jewish people, for the Israelis. And uh, thank you for saying that, Ricky. I'm glad we did what we did do. But for folks that were home watching the football all day, tell them quickly about the Community Locks feature on Juice Reel. Juice Reel, J-U-I-C-E, Reel, R-E-E-L. The Community Locks feature, which is uh, no risk, uh, getting people winners. And if not, you get that credit back. Just, I mean, that's what Juice Reel's really about. Juice Reel's an information platform built to help any sports better have the best chance they have at winning. And yet yeah, to your question about what is community locks, as, as I'm sure your listeners know at this point, with our app, you connect in your betting accounts, your DraftKings, your FanDuel, wherever you bet, and all your bets load in. And so our users are able to see who, how good of a better everybody is and can un- uh, unlock what these really good bettors are doing. So there are people on the platform up, you know, a million dollars this month, $2 million this month. And as a person using Juice Reel, you can gain access to what they have their real money on so that you can copy it. And if that bet doesn't, uh, you, you if that bet doesn't win, you get your credits back, uh, the, what, what it costs to buy the, to unlock those picks. So either you win uh, or you get your credits back. So it is no risk from, uh, where you get your betting advice. Sounds good to me. And, of course, uh, we wrap up week eight of the NFL later on tonight. The Vegas Raiders in Detroit taking on the Lions. The Lions are a good football team this year, 5-2, and two, but they come off a dreadful loss. They got blown out last week. The Raiders at the Lions. Juice Reel, folks. Download that app today. And my man Ricky Gold here going to win you some money as we get set to play the second half. But they're already the second half of the NFL Season. Ricky, as always, buddy, thank you so much, and thank you for the kind words. Gladly, Sid. Uh, appreciate you guiding your listeners to to get on Juice Reel and, and help themselves get a chance to win. Thank you, buddy. So, your Father Stephen, for me, too. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. 
Boy Frankie Kravitz checks in. He says, "Hey Sid, sorry I missed you at the show Friday night. I tried to say hello, but you were swamped with fans. I really did. I couldn't leave for an hour. It took me an hour grabbing, pulling, taking pictures. It was maybe my biggest rock star moment in my career. It was wild." Frankie says, "I did get a chance to talk to Danielle and Gabe. The show was great." I went with my uncle Jerry and my cousin Scott. They all enjoyed it as well. It was great to see you finally rocking triple black, black shirt, black pants, black jacket. Maybe you guys can do it in New Jersey next. A bunch of folks have reached out to me from Phoenix to Florida to Jersey. But, of course, this wasn't my show. I was honored and humbled to be a part of it. It was Bill O'Reilly's show, and Bill was amazing on Friday. That first 40 minutes, I laughed the whole time. I laughed the whole time. <laughs> the nun, Isis, Mother Isis. I was just, it was a, a riot. It really was. And he put it together, and it was great. So here he is. He's usually here on Thursdays, of course, 9 p.m. every weeknight on WABC. His tremendous website, BillOReilly.com. And the man who put it all together and starred on Friday night, the great Bill O'Reilly. Good morning, Bill. You know, the reason you were mobbed was the beauty enhancements. <laughs> Ah, that you have been nicely participating done. in. Nicely and done. I couldn't believe it. I thought it was uh, <laughs> the rock out there, yeah. That was, um, it was fun. Yeah, good show. Uh, everybody had a good time. Packed house. I wrote a column, for those of you who didn't see it, the show obviously seated about 1,100 in the theater, um, about the theme of the show, which was right and wrong. And this is germane to almost everything that we're talking about in uh, political arena, social arena today. Uh, just briefly, uh, I told the audience about my upbringing in Levittown and uh, the characters and the, my parents and the nuns and, and all that. And then Sid did the same uh, with his bringing in, upbringing in Brooklyn. But the commonality, um, there were a lot of commonalities because my father was raised just blocks away from Sid on West Street in Brooklyn. But it was good and evil. There was right and wrong in the house and in the schools. That's gone. And so I wrote a column about that, that right and wrong now have disintegrated, and that's why you're seeing these loons on the college campuses who have been brought up in an atmosphere where there is no right and wrong. All right, it's, there's always an excuse for it. There's always a rationalization for whatever conduct you do. And you, everybody knows people who I'm talking about now when their kids are obnoxious as hell and doing crazy things and the parents make excuses for them. We all know that. I mean, it's just crazy. So these kids grow up, they go to college, and they don't know that terrorism is wrong. It's hard to believe, but they don't know because there's an excuse for it. And and when you grow up in that atmosphere, the far left, of course, fosters that. All right? No judgments. You know, the people who reject religion across the board are the people who don't want to be judged for what they do. And 
So that was the theme of the show. We did it in a funny way. We did it in a way I think everybody in the theater could identify with because my life is your life. Sid's life is your life. Although you may not have the beauty enhancements that Sid has. <laughs> yeah, that uh, commercial ran right before Bill hopped on. He suddenly pays attention. I'll give him that, Bill O'Reilly. And yeah, you're right. It was, um, it was a, a, um, humor approach to a lot of the issues that we're faced with today. I think a lot of the issues too, and you keep hearing this, you know, it, not, not, nothing is really black and white anymore. Everything is gray. That's right. And I don't agree with that. There's just some stuff that's black and white. And for me, and I'm coming off harsh here, and I'm sure there's people on the streets right now that want to know my name, but there's not two sides to this Israeli-Hamas conflict. And I don't want to see little children die, but this idea that Palestinians are innocent when they're raised to hate Jews and kill Jews in the second grade is just not true. It's not true. They were handing out candies and dancing in the streets and smacking hostages as they came by on mopeds on that Saturday morning. So you hate to see anybody, quote-unquote, innocent die, but they are raised not to be innocent. This is not a gray area. One side got attacked in the most brutal of fashion. Now it's the time for that side to go back and take revenge. And if people die, I hate to say it, people die. Okay, so historically, this is the best way to approach that. And the problem with my analysis in the next two minutes is that a lot of the haters don't care. They, they're comfortable hating, and that's a neurosis. That, that's a mental illness. Okay, so when we were attacked on 9-11, there was nobody calling for a ceasefire. Nobody would dare do that because they would be ostracized in America for doing that. And so uh, for the next 20 years, continuing to today, the United States government assassinated the leadership of the Islamic Jihad, and that's killing the killers. That's my book, Killing the Killers. Okay? I take you through it. And even to this day, there's nobody in America that you couldn't dare do it. Say, no, okay, enough. Leave the terrorists alone. Leave the 9-11 al-Qaeda's and ISIS alone. We've, we've done enough. Nobody's going to do that. But when it's overseas, when it's in a place that you've never been to, Gaza and Israel, when it doesn't affect your life directly, then it's a different story. But all you have to do is hearken back to World War II, when there were literally millions of civilians killed in Germany and Japan by Allied forces. Everybody knows the atomic bomb. I went through that. My father would have been killed in the invasion had that not been dropped. Um, but there are people who run around America today go, oh, uh, the United States is the bad country for dropping the atomic bombs. You've heard it. Reverend Wright, Obama's minister, said that. Um, so once it gets personal in the United States, there isn't nobody uh, to this day, very few historians will say that the Allied bombings of the German and Japanese cities were wrong. I mean, a few, but they're just crazy. But in the current conflict, which is a war, no, we don't have the same application. Why not? Because it's a different time now. And that's the theme. That was the theme of the Huntington show. Back in the 60s and 70s, before the Vietnam stuff came in, 
There was a code of behavior in America. You don't lie. You don't steal. You don't perjure yourself. You don't take narcotics. All right, this, this is wrong. That's gone now. You can lie your butt off under oath in a courtroom and nothing will happen to you. You can punch somebody in the jaw on the subway and nothing will happen to you. Once you get into that level of anarchy, the whole thinking, logical thinking, goes flying right out the window for these younger people. And that's what's really driving this, Sid, this anti-Israel stuff. You know, it's the younger people who yeah. don't know. They've never yeah. been taught yeah. any kind of code at all. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, you know, I've told people, um, I've had people tell me, in fact, that have been to the riots back in 2020, the BLM riots, that they recognize these kids put that ridiculous schmata on their face, but they're not hiding anything. They recognize they're the same kids, the same oh, kids. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. core. But, yeah. but, but it's worse than that because when you go into places like Harvard, like Cornell, like the University of Pennsylvania, you step into a different world. Even my old college, Marist College at Poughkeepsie, New York, absolutely a lunatic asylum now. Yeah, no, I know. Because I know. the people who run it, are the progressive left who don't believe in judgments. Well, you know what? Then the people who do believe in judgments, and there's got to be a couple that are giving these universities millions and millions of dollars. I did see one donor who gave, I think, a billion to Harvard pull out. I saw another guy last week who gave a ton of money to Columbia pull out. It's time for folks who are help funding these universities to take out the money. That's it. Stop giving these institutions money. Yeah, I mean, look, if you're donating to these institutions then you are donating to the hate club. I don't care what they, that's yeah. the Palestinian grievance club. It's not, it's not. It's the hate club. All right, let's have the hate fraternity, all right? Okay, here we go. <laughs> so we'll just haze Jews. Yeah. And if you just haze Jews, you can get into the, to the hate club. Interestingly enough, you can hate Jews, but you can't hate blacks. No, that's correct. No, all right? That's correct. So there's a code of hatred. It's... Because Israel is a fascist country. That's the thinking. Um, so getting back, you know, people ask me, and I'm sure they ask you, are we ever going to be the United States again? They ask me all the time. Are we ever going to get back to, you know, a place where there's a president of the United States who will stand up and say, you know what? We're going to be a country that has a right and a wrong. We're not going to tolerate Millions of people violating immigration law anymore because we have a law in the books to stop that. We're not going to tolerate no bail. We're not going to tolerate. The latest is giving houses to drug addicts. That's the latest. Yeah. So when you hear housing for the homeless, that's what this is. So you're addicted to drugs. You don't want to get off the drugs. But the state is going to give you a house. Not just give you a house, but outside that house, or maybe in the lobby of that house. This is almost as unbelievable. I'm a recovering addict myself. We just lost lost Matthew Perry on Saturday. They're going to have a vending machine downstairs in your lobby. Right. They're going to sell you crack pipes and needles. Right, right. So this is where we have gone wrong. Now, let's end on an optimistic note. Um, when Sid and I were on stage, we got our point across, all right? But we did it 
with humor. We did it in an entertaining way. We engaged the audience. We weren't striding people banging the podium up there. And that's the way to do it, to, to point out the absurdity of where we're heading in New York State and in the United States of America. If you don't have a code of behavior, you have anarchy. And that's what we are seeing in our city now. Because the politicians we have elected are too weak to stand up for what is right. They will not do it, and neither will Biden. You know what's funny? You're right about that. And Biden, to me, is sending all these mixed messages. One day he's pro-Israel. The next day, well, I'm not so sure. Be careful. Don't kill Palestinians. But when you talked about you and I delivering the message on Friday night with humor, I know I keep bringing this guy up and I may be annoying people, but I'm sorry because I didn't love this guy nearly as much three years ago as I do now. But when I watched Donald Trump in Sioux City, Iowa this weekend, and he was talking about some serious topics, Israel, Russia, Ukraine, inflation, uh, the economy, the whole thing. But he must have gotten 50 laughs, just like you did in the first 40 minutes you were up on stage. He delivered a very important message, but the crowd was laughing along the way, not to equate us to Donald Trump, but the effectiveness is there when, in fact, you can get out these serious points with a little bit of humor, even with a job as serious as the presidency. I believe that's part of Donald Trump's appeal. Well, look, Trump, all Trump has to do to win re-election is stop the personal stuff, whether it's court, whether it's this or it's that. His audience is there. You don't need to do that. What you need to do is persuade the people who are on the fence. And all you have to do is say this. And everybody should write this down and send it to Donald Trump today. In my four years in office, inflation was 1.4%. In my four years in office, we cut illegal immigration at the southern border by 75%. Real wages went up. 8%. We had no trouble in Ukraine, no trouble in Israel, no conflict across the board. We didn't lose any soldiers or Marines in Afghanistan. Just keep ticking off what the historical reality was from 16 to 20. That's all he needs to do. But of course, He's not going to do that. (laughs) No, he's not. No, 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 but I mean, look, I'm a technician. If you just look at the history of it, you look at the history of those four years to Biden's three. Oh, my God. It is. It is. I know. And you could add uh, castrated Iran as part of that Trump history. Sure, and wiped out ISIS. Yeah. Yeah. So now you have a a resurgence of the uh, terrorist uh, industry. Under Biden, because he's perceived as weak. And and that's how you get back, Mr. President, Donald Trump. That's how you get back and just strip it down. So anyway, I really appreciate I want everybody to know that Sid was uh, was a great partner uh, on stage. It was a flow. We didn't rehearse that show at all. None. I mean, there's no rehearsal. No. 
you know, Sid was eating so furiously backstage that he couldn't rehearse. Because <laughs> the food was free. They just laid it out. The guys, the Doyle brothers at the Huntington Theater, I mean, they put out a big spread. I was I mean, hungry. And, and you know who was eating the most? Oh. Curtis. Curtis. I, I've never seen food piled up in front of a human being like that. Curtis thought he was at a Mongolian barbecue. My God. I said, Gary, are you going to eat a goat next? Do we have to bring a goat in here for you? He did eat a lot. It was incredible. (laughs) I mean, Curtis's hat almost fell off. He was chewing so furiously. It was crazy. It was. It was great. He did eat a lot. He was, uh, he loved it. I'm glad Curtis, and Curtis got a big round of applause when he walked in. Huge, huge. And then uh, at one point during the show when we talked about him possibly being mayor, he got another huge round of applause. And listen, for me, it was just an honor to share the stage with you. I don't know how I got here, but um, man, I I just, I walked off at the end and I was like, that was surreal. And you were great and brilliant and funny and smart. And uh, I say this, and I know my dad is is listening right now. It was truly Bill O'Reilly. Truly one of the greatest nights of my life, and I can't thank you enough. And, man, do I love you. Thank you so much. Well, we appreciate it. We'll look into a Jersey venue. Uh, maybe we can do that. Um, and it's Halloween tomorrow when everybody, uh, Sid and I, will be trick-or-treating in Bensonhurst. <laughs> so if you see one guy with beauty enhancements and uh, the other guy who's about 95, that'll be us. Um, and Killing the Witches, best Halloween book yes. ever. Yes. Ever. That Have is some fun. Good idea. Yep. Hey, Sid, thanks a lot for everything. Always uh, always fun. Thank you, Bill. Thank you very much. Bill O'Reilly, folks, and if you missed New York State of Mind, I tell you what, sign up today at BillOReilly.com. Sign up today at BillOReilly.com. I, I, my thought is, and my, um, my mind tells you most of you already are, but if you have not signed up at BillOReilly.com, I do believe Bill is going to run a special this week where you're going to be able to watch, watch, all two hours of O'Reilly and Rosenberg together uh, as part of some type of deal on BillOReilly.com. When he comes back on Thursday, maybe he'll give us the details. So that alone right there, besides the fact he's the best in the business, sign up today at BillOReilly.com if you miss Friday night. And I believe if it's not there already, it will be up at some point this week. That wraps up three hours of business, folks. Fourth and final hour on the way. Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
great song here. I can't tell you why by the Eagles, and there is some significance, as it usually is. Lou Rufino, what would that be, my friend? Uh, you know, it's the Eagles. Correct. And one of the few times it wasn't um, Don Henley singing, it's Timothy Schmidt. Right, he also sang that song I like to, um, what you hate, Love Will Keep Us Alive. That's right. Yes. You got it. Very good. Okay. Glenn Fry sang a little bit, too. but Yeah, Glenn Fry sang it. Yeah. Uh, he's 76 now today. 76. He's good. Timothy Schmidt's good. You know, that guy was on a lot of records. He's, well, on, th- he's on Steely Dan records. He oh, worked really? He was Skaggs. He wow. Worked, he was in this band, Poco. He was on some of Don Henley's solo stuff. Wow. Um, yeah. And uh, let's see, what else? I Poco. believe this album was on the long run. Yes. Right? Yes. The song, I should That's say. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and he played Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Don Felder, who's also in the Eagles. Yeah, he sure. He's done a lot. Bob Seger, he sang on Fire Lake. Wow. Yeah. Timothy Schmidt, happy birthday, brother. Thank you for the great song. You know, before I get to Nicole... So I've been uh, glimpsing, and I told you guys to shut these off last week, but I just can't keep saying it every day. It's just talking to the wall. But I look to my left, and CNN, all morning long, talking about this story about providing humanitarian aid for Gaza. Ceasefire. I don't care if they give them nothing. I don't care. But what do they do? They show pictures of little kids, you know, little kids sitting on barrels looking for water or, you know, and then I said to myself, well, where were the pictures of the little kids, CNN, MSNBC, and Israel? And it occurred to me they didn't have any because they were all dead. Or hostages. All they showed was blood all over the living room floor. There were no pictures of kids in my country because they were dead. So excuse me for not showing all that much sympathy for these little kids. God bless them sitting on 55-gallon drums in Gaza when my kids are dead or with their heads cut off or being raped right now as we speak somewhere in Gaza. This idea that they can do what they want and we should just take it and stop is nonsense. No ceasefire. You ask for this, and you're getting it, and it's going to get worse. Nicole Maliotakis is one of my favorite politicians in New York between Staten Island and Brooklyn. The congresswoman does a terrific job. Nicole, welcome back to Sid and Friends in the Morning. How are you? Good morning. It's great to be with you. It's great to have you back. I know last week uh, I thought we had a win with this whole uh, Floyd Bennett field thing. We're going to lose this. They're going to put 2,000 people there, and that's the bottom line. But uh, you had won um, some committee voted in favor of not putting people at at prominent uh, federal places like Floyd Bennett Field, but it doesn't look like that victory for you last week, Nicole, is going to stop this. Yeah, well, it went through the first hurdle, which is the committee process, uh, and I think we will take it up now on the floor. Um, the question really is, what will the Senate do, right? And uh, God forbid Chuck Schumer actually do something that's good for his constituents, uh, but if you're listening and you want this done, uh, everyone should be calling Schumer and Gillibrand's office and tell them to pass my bill that would prohibit federal lands from being used. We're also trying to attach it to the appropriations process. So, for example, I passed a similar measure that relates to military bases because Governor Hochul requested, believe it or not, 
military bases, which is like so ridiculous uh, for a New York governor in a post 9-11 world to say we're going to house citizens of other countries on our military bases. But that's what she's done. And so we're trying to attach that through the appropriations process. And we'll do the same here with the parks to see if we can get it in in that that bigger funding package. Um, So we're trying both angles here. And we also have the lawsuit. Remember, Joanne Ariola, Jamie Williams, bipartisan. I've joined them in that lawsuit. Uh, And so we're, we're using every legal and legislative angle at our disposal. But you're right. They, they, the, the state seems to not care about the excessive flooding that's been taking place, 10 inches of water in the recent rainstorms, the fire safety. There's an article uh, in the Post yesterday about that. Uh, so they don't, they don't care about the well-being of the migrants either. So we're going to continue to do what we can. Uh, it would be helpful if we had some cooperation from the mayor, governor, or Senator Schumer uh, you know, if he would just pass our Border Security Act, which has been sitting in the Senate since May, uh, we, we, we would end this whole crisis. But we have no cooperation from these Democrats that are in power. And that's the unfortunate part of this whole thing. You know, I'm watching something on Fox News now. FBI investigating anti-Jewish threat at Cornell. And Curtis, uh, who's done a tremendous job keeping these migrants out, he just has. Uh, that's now eight centers they vacated due to the work of him and the, the rebels on Staten Island. He joined me yesterday at a pro-Israel rally at uh, Cooper Union. Well, you know, Nicole, last week a bunch of pro-Palestinians actually tried to attack Jewish kids who had to barricade themselves behind the doors. I wish I was there then, by the way. Um, and it's just getting worse and worse. Somebody uh, sent me a message last week. They said, while the folks in Congress are working their asses off to get George Santos, oh, it's Johnny Tobacco, to get George Santos out, why don't they take those same efforts and find a way to get rid of people like Elon Omar, Rashida Tlaib, AOC, folks that are outwardly anti-Semites, outwardly, that are praising Hamas and these attacks. Yeah, as bad as George Santos is, he's a liar, he should go. He's not nearly as dangerous as, th- as those folks in Congress. And i got to tell you, I think Johnny's right. Yeah, look, it would come to a point in Congress where everybody is trying to expel and censure everybody else. Uh, and, you know, we have three resolutions we think that are going to be brought to the floor this week. Uh, one going after, you know, Santos, one going after Tlaib, one going after Marjorie Taylor Greene. And it's just it's getting to a point where, you know, we, we can't do it for people who have who just say something. Right. Even if it's offensive, they have that freedom of speech ability to say it. What we did do was remove Ilan Omar from, let's say, the Foreign Affairs Committee because she was in a you know, she was uh, spewing this rhetoric that affected that particular position. You cannot be the face of the Foreign Affairs Committee where you have your number one responsibility is to be a representative for our country to these foreign nations. Uh, that have tremendous impact on our national security and all of that. You get classified briefings. Um, that was a major problem. We did the same thing with Adam Schiff, right, because he was in a position where he had intelligence that nobody else in the, in the uh, Congress had, and he lied about that intelligence to, to then go after President Trump. So it was very specific. So we'll see what happens this week. We're going to have a lot of these debates. Uh, the one person, by the way, who actually is guilty of a crime and admitted such is, is Jamal Bowman. He was the one who admitted he pled guilty to pulling the fire alarm, which could have been was disruptive to the congressional p- proceedings. Um, and quite frankly, uh, because that was a crime that he is guilty of, 
he he in my opinion needs to we need to take action against him. You gotta so go. Let's see yeah. how things actually go go yeah. this week. But honestly, we have so much work to do. We got to get these appropriation bills back on track and send them over to the Senate. So we could use our leverage to secure yeah. the border and do other things that we've been talking about. The Bowman is part of that group, too. He's another BDS movement guy. Hates Jews, hates whites. I mean, he's just a lowlife. Uh, but I do want to get to Mike Johnson, your new speaker. I saw him with Maria Bartiromo yesterday. I thought he was great. And he said something that I also agree with, which is the money. I know if Joe Biden had his way, he would take millions and billions of dollars for Israel and Ukraine. Now, I'm sorry, Peter King and I have these back and forths. We've given Ukraine enough. I'm tired of it. All that money right now needs to go to Israel. Right now, that is the pressing issue. Ukraine is no worse, no better, but no worse today than they were eight months ago. So all this money they want to allocate towards Israel and Ukraine needs to go predominantly, if not exclusively, to Israel. Do you agree? And what will Congress do about that? Yeah, I've been making the case that the aid for Israel needs to be taken up now and nothing should be attached to it because it will only delay it. Obviously, there's a lot of questions we have about uh, further funding for Ukraine, about where's the money going? What is the goal? What is the strategy here? The White House needs to come in and brief us in a classified setting to answer our questions. Um, And then with relations to the border, the president's trying to actually tack on money, not for border security, even though he calls it that. He's trying to tack on money to you know, process more paperwork, to allow for more individuals to come into this country uh, without proper vetting and all of that. So uh, we will not give this president more money for paperwork. We want our border security policies attached to actually stem the unsustainable and unsafe flow that we've seen uh, of illegal immigrants. And 1.7 million gotaways, by the way. So you had about five or six, about six million people came in and applied for asylum. But then there's one point, which, by the way, most of them don't qualify for asylum. Let's make that clear. Uh, Then there's one point seven million people that is uh, estimated to have entered into our country undetected. They they managed to get in without any interaction with law enforcement or government. That's what the CBP estimates is the number. We don't know who they are, where they are, what their intentions are. Um, and especially now, we should be concerned about who has snuck in. We know for sure the cartel and the, you know, those people peddling fentanyl and the traffickers, human trafficking, they've, they've managed to make their way in. Uh, but we've also caught hundreds of terrorists at the border. So who knows who's among this 1.7 million? Uh, we want border security. We're going to go back to the policies of the Trump administration, and we will not give this type of funding without seeing border policies changing to reinstate remain in mexico to make sure that we're ending catch and release that we're putting back tile 42 and the other protections in place we are a welcoming nation and city uh my district is predominantly made up of immigrants they followed the rules they follow the process uh, i've helped people who have done that by the way actually become citizens pass that hurdle if they've been stuck in bureaucracy for years but no we will not continue to accept individuals entering our southern border, not following our process. Uh, and that is what the Republicans are, are foot pushing for. And we're hopeful to use this uh, leverage in the appropriations process to get something done. Final 60 seconds after this madman gunman, this crazy person, did what he did in Maine. And again, it wasn't the gun that killed all those people. It was a crazy guy who police were told on, they were told to check on him about two weeks ago. They never did it. This guy's had a history of telling people he's hearing voices. He was completely nuts. He was insane. And it was just a matter of time he was going to do it, and he did it. So um, are you guys going to waste time in Congress talking about gun regulation again? 
Well, you know, this is an interesting situation because this guy, uh, you know, he, he was in a mental institution. And so how did he still have access to those guns? I think this is the perfect example. We obviously are waiting for more facts. This is the perfect example of why current laws are not being enforced. Uh, we have those laws that if someone is committed to a mental institution, that they have those uh, guns taken away. And it's interesting because he was not only in the Army Reserve, but he was a firearms instructor. Uh, so that that is something I think we're still waiting for that information to come out. But clearly, somebody if he fell through the cracks because somebody was not enforcing the law. And that is exactly what happens here in New York City every day, where people carrying uh, guns who shouldn't be, uh, people who are carrying illegal firearms are not being prosecuted. They're being released right back onto the street. And politicians have tied the hands of our NYPD. They have put together a bail law that is releasing left and right these individuals over and over again. And that is why I have to remind you, Sid, that early voting has started, and we need everyone to go out and vote for Ari Kagan because we got to defeat Justin Brannon, who voted to cut a billion dollars from the NYPD to close Rikers Island and, and, and build a jail in Brooklyn. Now's the time we can flip that seat. And so everyone in you know, Bay Ridge, Gra Gravesend, Bass Beach, Coney Island, Seagate, you got to get out and vote. And you can see the times if you want to early vote at www.vote.nyc. And of course, Election Day is November 7th. But Brannon is somebody who should not be in office because he is uh, always supporting these far left radical policies lobbying and, and budgeting, by the way, as finance chair, money for more migrant shelters. He's the guy that we have the opportunity to defeat this year. So I hope everyone gets out and votes. Well said, Nicole. Thank you so much. Yes, vote for Ari Kagan and others, Ina Vernikov and Daniela May, and I'm forgetting names right now, but uh, certainly Ari, Nicole the most Rally. important. <laughs> yes, yes. So, Nicole, thank you as always. Great thank job, you. Nicole Maliotakis. Thank you. Uh, we do have an update on one of the hostages, I believe, in Gaza, and with that, we go to my news director, Noam Layton. Noam, what do you got? Uh, unfortunately, Sid, it is, it's terrible news. Do you remember this 23-year-old German-Israeli Shani look? Yes. She became sort of the face yeah. of yeah. this Israeli festival. Yes. She was uh, kidnapped from there, 23 years old. And now uh, Israeli officials uh, posting on Twitter just moments ago that they found her body in Gaza. They say they have no doubt that she was tortured and paraded around by Ga uh, around Gaza by Hamas terrorists, and they go on to say that she likely experienced unfathomable horrors. And then they finished it by saying, "May her memory be a blessing." But they have found Shani or Shani Loke dead in Gaza this morning. Oh. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah this a beautiful woman. She sort of became beautiful. the face yeah, of the yeah. people kidnapped from yeah. this festival. So, you know, when you hear this, of course, it doesn't give you much faith that many of these other hostages are still alive today. And if they are, they're going to die because these Hamas animals, once we get closer and closer to them, they're not going out alone. You know that. They're not going out alone. This is horrible news. Thank you uh, for that. Sure. Noam. All right. Um, ceasefire. There'll be no ceasefire. You're all going to die. That's the way it's going to go. You're all going to die. Let me take a break. I'll get to Arthur right after this.
there's perspective. You just got to keep an open mind. And then there's New York perspective. This is a country in deep trouble. That's the real America. Talk Radio 77 WABC. WABC Traffic and Transit. Well, from the Ray Katina Porsche Traffic Desk, we have problems on the northbound side of the sawmill right at Marble Avenue. An accident in the left lane there. Now, big delays inbound of the George Washington Bridge. About an hour delay to the upper, a little better than that to the lower, but not much. As you get across over to the Alexander Hamilton Bridge, there's a disabled off on the shoulder. So that is what the problem is on the inbound side of the George Washington Bridge. Lincoln, about 30, same thing at the Holland. If you're on 1 and 9 northbound right at the truck route, there is some flooding there. That continues. A lot of volume on the Garden State Parkway getting through Union County. Southbound at 138 now. Another accident. There's been a series of them all morning long there. And then also northbound on the drive at the Brooklyn Bridge. It's disabled. That one in the center lane. That's been there actually for quite a while now, too, as well. A lot of flooding around. Please be careful. Wet roads everywhere. And mass transit at this point, more or less on or close to schedule. Few all-electric vehicles can compare to the luxury and performance of the 2023 Porsche Taycan. One drive and you'll understand why. Experience the Porsche Taycan for yourself. You'll find an excellent selection to choose from now at Ray Katina Porsche Edison, RayKatinaPorsche.com. I'm Joe Nolan with traffic on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Listen to Talk Radio 77 WABC on your Echo device. Tell Alexa to play 77 WABC. 77 WABC. Oi! Coming up this morning in the 9 a.m. hour, listen for the Fearless Boilers Sid's Take. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. Go to fearlessboilers.com or paviliontankless.com for a dealer near you. Fearless Boilers, the world's best built boiler on 77 WABC. This is 77 WABC Newsroom Extra. The FBI continues to warn agents across the country about copycats who may try to replicate some form of the Middle East chaos here in the U.S. Their biggest fear right now continues to be lone wolf attacks. When they actually carry out a crime, we find out later on that they have posted something online, but it happens just a few minutes before the incident. That's Alex Del Carmen, who heads the School of Criminology at Tarleton State University. He says Custom and Border Patrols have sent out internal bulletins alerting agents that Hamas, Hezbollah, and Palestinian Islamic Jihad fighters may be trying to cross the U.S. southern border. For law enforcement, it's very, very hard to have eyes and ears on social media all the time. But Del Carmen says the police are getting a whole lot better at catching the bad guys using the latest technology that's available to them. No WABC News. Election Day is November 7th, a most important day in the preservation of a democracy we are all so blessed to enjoy. On this day, we are most grateful to the men and women who wear our uniform and to those who have paid the ultimate sacrifice to protect our right to vote. Whether you're Republican, Democrat, or Independent, It's vitally important that you go to your polling place on November 7th and exercise your right to vote for the candidate of your choice. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends.
again some uh, horrible news this morning. Shani Loke, is that how you say her name? Let me go to Norm Layden for a second. Norm, is that how you say her name? I think that's correct. You know, you may remember all the pictures or the video of a uh, of a naked girl on her stomach in the back of a truck and a bunch of Hamas animals on top of her. And that was her. But I thought for some reason she survived. I don't know why, but I thought I heard a rumor once that her mother said she was actually in a hospital in Gaza. But well, I imagine like all kinds of rumors, yeah. you know, are spread around, especially when you're looking for somebody. You have no idea where they are. She's gone, though. She's dead. And uh, how old was she? Twenty three. Twenty three. They, they didn't say where they found her, but. Clearly, they found her body over the last 24 hours, I imagine. Obviously, they talked to her family first and then released the details just a short time ago. That's why you got to be careful. I'm just talking about you hold back for these hostages because, and I said it earlier, and I really believe it, that between the booby traps and the willingness of these people to die and, and kill Israelis before they die, I don't know what the reality is of destroying Hamas First of all, I'm not even sure you can destroy Hamas anyway. Because I don't know how many of these animals are in Qatar or who knows where, but assuming you could destroy Hamas, I don't know if you can do it without losing these hostages. And you have to weigh 230 innocent, beautiful lives against the future of millions. Millions. And I don't know how you can do both. I. I know they're trying, and that's part of the reason why they waited so long to go in. And But if you uh, read reports, since the Israelis started this massive ground incursion Friday or Saturday, I don't know when it started, there's already been a lot less contact about the hostages. Because now they're there trying to find them, talking is over, and they're going to get them out alive and kill these bastards or everybody's going to die. Now, I believe there's upwards of 30 kids of the 250. Kids. Little kids. The same kids that CNN keeps showing all morning long in Gaza. The same kids that MSNBC is crying about in Gaza all morning long. Joe, Mika, all those fine, wonderful people. But our kids, they're in a cave somewhere. Not eating. Not showering. No bathrooms getting raped, and they're going to die eventually. That's my fear. But there's no pictures of them, of course, and no one's talking about them this morning because we're too damn damn busy, this country and this media, worrying about the animals that did this, that perpetuated this act. Too worried about them. Even the president, the mixed messages this scumbag president is providing is unreal. We got you, Israel. We love you. We're going to send ships there and warplanes, but don't hurt anybody. I mean, it's really that simple. I know it sounds silly, but it's that simple. We got you. Listen, we got warships for you. Don't you worry, but don't hurt anybody. Oh, and um, we did give Iran all that money and loosened all those restrictions, but now we're really mad. <laughs> Don't worry, New York City, because they can come together 5,000 at a time and walk across the bridge, and we're not going to stop them. Don't worry about it. We got you, Israel. We got you, the Jewish people. We love you so much. We're going to allow 3,000 to walk across the bridge, stop traffic, 
and do nothing about it. Nothing. The mixed messages going on in our cities and our states from our federal government is nauseating, head-spinning and nauseating. Don't you feel that way, Noam? You would think they'd be able to stop a protest from crossing the bridge if they wanted to, and clearly they made the decision that they weren't going to. They were going to let them march right across. And why? Because they're worried that some of those guys may get out of control, so beat them over the head, arrest them, who cares? Throw them into the water, throw them on a bridge. Yeah, I can only guess that was the reason they decided not to stop them, is they thought it would make more of a scene to stop them than to let them walk across the bridge. Maybe some of these troublemakers need to see that. Did they ever consider that? I mean, the cops have the weapons, not these animals on the bridge. Not on the bridge that day. So the cops were not at risk of, God forbid, getting killed. Maybe they needed that. So maybe, I doubt it, but maybe it'll serve as a deterrent for the next thousand animals living in Bay Ridge or New York City or Gowanus, who knows, that think it's okay to do this. You got Jews at Cornell University scared to death because of now death threats to the kids. To the kids! You got kids at NYU locking themselves in a in a room at Cooper Union because Palestinians were coming to beat them up and kill them. What do I care about the people on the Brooklyn Bridge? Why is it that one we worry so much about one side, the animals, the murderers, the people supporting these these people, and my people, the ones getting killed? Nobody seems to care. Nobody. If I didn't make a phone call to the commissioner yesterday at the NYPD, Eddie Caban, we'd have no sound system for 50 people by Cooper Union. 50. I had to make a personal phone call, and thank God Eddie Caban picked up and did the right thing. Thank you, Mr. Commissioner. But the ninth precinct was going to shut down our audio. If 5,000 people hating on the Jews showed up, They'd let them play wherever they wanted to play, but the, the, the only one side, one side people seem to care about now. Why aren't more people pissed? Why? Why do I got to see every morning on CNN and MSNBC ceasefire, humanitarian aid? I don't want to see it. I don't care who dies at this point in Gaza. I don't care. Not when we just found the body of a beautiful 23-year-old girl who went out on a holiday morning to dance and ended up getting raped and savaged and tortured and murdered. As you were reading that story, Noam, it was horrible what they think happened to this girl. No one's talking about that. I've been watching CNN and MSNBC since 6 o'clock this morning. They have not mentioned this girl's body was found. Not once. Not once. But they keep showing pictures of little kids sitting on 55-gallon drums looking for water in Gaza. I don't care. I don't care. There are two sides here. One side... Woke up on a Saturday morning and got savaged. And you would think at this point, the Palestinian people, many of which, many, many, clap in the streets, you would think they were the victims because they're dying now. I got news for you. More are going to die. Payback is a bitch. Payback.
is a bitch. And informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Great Timothy Schmidt also sang, I Can't Tell You Why, for the Eagles. I love this one. Love will keep us alive. And Not a lot of love in the world today, folks. Not a lot of love. A lot of divide. A lot of divide. A lot of hate. A lot of hate. Even during our little rally yesterday, some prick in his little white car pulled up with a little kid in the front seat. The kid could have been older than five. Dressed his car with Palestinian flags and literally stopped right in the middle of the street, at a light, and didn't move for about two minutes till I ran across the street. I swear to God, Danielle was very upset with me, and she's right. Told the guy to get the F out of there, and quickly after that, some guardian angels, Sal, and the cops followed me and said, Sid, don't please, please, Sid, just go back. We don't need you getting into any more trouble, or any trouble. But the guy just sat there. Cars are whizzing past him, and he sat there with Palestinian flags coming out of his car, and a little kid in the front seat, a little kid. And the little kid loved it because that kid is taught to hate the Jews. That's how it works. Anyway, we're done. Hey, no, excellent job today. Willie, thank you very much. You're great. Thank you. You've been great. Lewis, you're the best ever. You are the best ever. And Justin Ellick, it's great to have you back. Rich Roddabelli did a great job, but there's nobody like Justin Ellick, so thank you, Justin. Great job today. We, uh, we're we going to be back, as my friend Gene would say, and again, Gene, sorry to hear about your brother, God willing, at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. I don't know, folks. First of all, get out and vote. Early voting is open. Go out and vote. Vote Republicans into city council. Listen to me. None of this common sense Democrat bullcrap. Go vote Republican. Do it today. Do it every day until election day. Till tomorrow from all of us to all of you. Peace. Peace.